You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 576. I'm your host, Tricky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. Since when did I become a villain for, you know, not liking some of Nicolas Cage's movies? Uh, right around the same time you became a villain of laptops and beating them up? Well, you know what? Sometimes you get frustrated and you just punch your laptop. I mean, I can explain what happened, but... He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. I've played a little bit of everything this week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tricky, you want to go ahead? You want to give me some time to explain my laptop conundrum? Yeah, please, because I got to go find my lighter, too. Okay. Uh, Smoke it in the house again, huh? Yes, sir. Oh, well. Great. That's great for the dog. Um,. So anyway, I'm in need of a new laptop, well, first and foremost, because my laptop is 10 years old. But uh, also, uh, one of these past Fridays, it was last Friday, not last Friday, but the Friday before that, uh, Ashley, she gets off, you know, work later in the day on Friday and texts me before she comes home, hey, what do you want to eat? Well, it just so happens that my iPhone was updating while she was trying to figure out what we were going to eat. And uh, I couldn't use my iPhone to con- to get back to- in touch with her and say, hey, you know, do this, do that. So I tried to get on my laptop and get on the Facebook and send her a Facebook message. And my laptop was going, ex- you know, exceptionally slow, probably because it's 10 years old. And uh, I decided to punch it three times and the screen went blank. And now when I tried to restart it, it uh, it doesn't get past the startup screen. Or it does, but it just goes stays on the black screen, so. I am in need of a new laptop, and Tricky is trying to get me talk me into getting one that's more than I want to pay, just so I can I can run Twitch when he's not here. Which I think is a fair uh, thing to ask. Yeah, but it's that's beyond the uses that I intend for it. I want to spend less than three hundred bucks just for something I can surf the web on, maybe keep some pictures on, and record the audio, the podcast on. You know, with eight gigabytes of RAM, I can record the podcast on Skype and run Windows. I don't need all this, you know, tomfoolery spending $500, $600 for, for Twitch. Yeah, but don't you care about the fans and be able to see I the, hear, care see about the, the fans. I care about the fans very much. How, how often am I here to record Tricky Mick? Don't talk about Don't you dare question how much I care about the fans and the community. I, but, I don't think you want to do the show live when I'm not here. But here's the thing. If I do that, then that gives you more incentive to take time off. And you already take enough time off from the show. I'm sorry that I have to work. You should be. And again, work in quotations. No, no, I, the, last, the last two weeks I worked. Uh, Rick says technology does not like violence. Well, what about all that advice, Rick? Where you, like you know, hey, I have like a, a vending machine or a copier or whatnot. If it's not working, just hit it real hard. And Kick just, it. Yeah. Yes. You, you know, they, there's a term for that. It's called a technical tap. Well, also, you don't want you don't want to take it too too far. You don't want to go overboard like an office space where they took the fax machine out and just beat the shit out in the field. 
but uh, you know, apparently you never worked in an office setting. <laughs> no, I would hate working in a cubicle. I would absolutely that, hate it. That 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 I felt that in the core. Yeah, no, I I mean I, I get it, but also it's a hell of a way to get the company to buy a new fax machine. But yeah, oh, and then uh, since we got Stylin in the chat. Uh, Stylin took umbrage with with me and some of the things I said about Nicolas Cage, and I, I will, you know, stand by what I said. And I think that there's definitive line in Nicolas Cage's career where it goes from before that line, he makes movies you can really enjoy. After that line, whole bunch of shit. Kind of like oh, Adam uh, Sandler. Kind of like Adam Sandler's career. His career trajectory. There is a definite point, and I think that point is anger management. Which anger management before? A lot of good stuff. After that, a lot of dreck. You got a lot of your grown ups going on. No one wants to see that. Well, St- Stalin has a comment for you in the chat. Go ahead and rip, Stalin. He, sa- he says, hopefully when your new laptop comes, there's a, it's just a bunny in a box, kind of like Con Air starring Nicholas C. C- or Nicholas Cage. See, then hey, Rick you, you want to get me to talk some Con Air, Stalin? I love Con Air. It's one of my favorite movies, so we'll. I love the reference. We'll, we could talk Con Air all, all day. And the head, apparently this more thing is coming. Uh, Rick says, you better put the buddy back in the box. Stalin says, I wasn't actually mad, but there is quality in the cage, and there's just OTT the cage. Uh, and Rick says, Alex isn't wrong on both counts. And then Matt G says, why couldn't you put the buddy back in the box? Yeah, Billy Bedlam learned that the hard way, because Nicolas Cage killed his ass. In the cargo hold of that, that plane, but... One of the things that makes Con Air so good, and like I think Nick Cage is fine in the movie, but I think John Malkovich and Ving Rhames and Steve Buscemi, like there's a really good cast there. So it's not just Nicolas Cage. That movie's good because of the ensemble cast. So there's a lot going on in Con Air that I really like. So which movie's better in your opinion, Con Air or The Rock? Con Air. Ugh. Oh, yield was quick with that answer. I, I, I love The Rock because it's got Sean Connery in it, but I, I think I enjoy Con Air more. Sir Sean Connery. So I'm gonna agree with Yield in that I like Con Air. I would rather watch Con Air, and out of, out of like in my lifetime, I will watch Con Air more than I will watch The Rock. But I do think The Rock is a better movie because I think that Nicolas Cage is actually better in The Rock than he is in Con Air. Because again, I think you could attribute a lot of what is good in Con Air to a lot of the cast. And go get me wrong, Sean Connery is great, but I think that Nicolas Cage is better in The Rock than he was in Con Air. If that well, makes, I mean, that Sean sense. Connery will do that to you. <laughs> uh, I mean, to Ed be Harrison. honest, that, that that was the only reason I. Well, yeah, Ed Harrison was an excellent villain. That was the only reason I watched The Rock. I'm like, oh, Sean Connery, I gotta watch this. All right, so Stylin says great supporting cast and humor. Uh, Rick says Conair was better. Stylin says The Rock Cage is a little bit more eccentric. Rick says uh, Face Off beats both though, and then Stylin agrees with that. So we we also have to address another. Uh, blasphemous comment that you made about Nicolas Cage. Uh, this was done in a uh, private phone call between me, you, and Ashley. You uh, you, you said National Treasures a shit movie. It is. I, if you don't, some people may find it entertaining. I think Yield said he liked National Treasure, but... I do. As a movie? No, I think it's a bad movie. Like, can you still enjoy right, bad movies? Sure. But I think it's a bad that- movie. Are you going to put National Treasure in the same category as you put Face Off, The Rock, and Con Air? Yes. Because well. National Treasure, it's it's not like the history and like the the way they uh, integrated the puzzles and stuff into it. 
I thought that was really, really cool. Like, that's one of the reasons why, like, I don't know if you guys ever watched it. You guys ever watched the show Prison Break? I, no. On Fox? No, I did not. Okay. So, okay. Premise of the show is um, Michael Schofield's brother gets put into prison for allegedly killing the vice president. Michael Schofield, uh, his whole mission is to break his brother out of prison. But, uh, he goes and commits a crime, so he gets put in the same jail as him so he can break his brother out. But what's cool about it is in the months leading up to him committing the crime to get put in the prison with his brother, he went and got, like, a series of tattoos all over his body that every single tattoo on his body was part of the blueprint to get him out, like, the the right nut size that he was going to need to unscrew this. The, the There was a map. You know, it, it was... It, I like when you in, integrate puzzles into ordinary things, and that just intrigues me. So National Treasure to me was, oh, well, there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, it's, you know, this is the, the staircase you got to go down, and this is, I love that shit. But so, just, yeah, I would just, put it up Just there. because the movie is good in concept doesn't mean the execution is great. And, all right, we're going to go to Metacritic and, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, and some people may not put stock, much stock in this, but... National Treasure has a meta score of 40 out of 100 based on 36 reviews and the user score, which sometimes, you know, in the case of Rise of the Beast, can be a lot better than the critic scores. It's better in this case, but it's still a 6.9 out of 10. That's not great. Now, Rotten Tomatoes says it's 46% out of 100% on the rotten, on the tomato meter and then an audience score of 76. So the audience score of uh, over 250,000 ratings is better. But again, I will say it's not a good movie. You can enjoy it, right. but you're not going to sit here and convince me it's a good movie. All right, we're we're going to move on from this, but just some comments from the chat because apparently this Nicholas Cage conversation is uh Hey, hey, getting, you know what, Tricky? The, the comments. I've been to his grave before. Have you been to his grave? To whose grave? Nicholas Cage. He's alive. Why would he have a grave? He pre-bought a tombstone for himself. It's a giant pyramid down in one of the uh, graveyards in New Orleans. And when we went to New Orleans a few years ago, I actually visited it. Yes, he's still alive, but he has already pre-bought his his plot with the the headstone. That's awesome. All right, all right. So Silence says National Treasure is entertaining. Matt G says at least Sean Bean doesn't die in National Treasure. Uh, Stylin says Prison Break was great for a season until they broke out. I agree. Uh, Rick, Rick says, did he get the nut size on his balls? No, but that would have been entertaining. Um, well, that's what I thought you were talking about when you said he got the nut size. I was like, oh. Well, if you, if you get the nut size, then you have to get the cock ring size, too. Uh, Stylin says, National Treasure is a solid 7 out of 10. Uh, and then Rick says, my parents met Nicolas Cage in Glastonbury. He was probably looking for the castle. And Stylin says, Cage bought a grave just like Logan Roy. I don't know who Logan Roy is. He's from he's the, the patriarch of the family in succession. Ah, 10-4. Good old Brian right. Cox, or Stryker from the second X-Men movie, X-Men X2. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's do our updated trophy count. Uh, just, you know, placeholder, I got to put this out there. If you go and look at my PSN profiles, there is a shitload of trophies being hidden. Um, it, Right now, if you looked at my PSN profiles, it says I only have 115 Platinums, and I'm hiding 16,449 trophies. Uh, I did that just to help 
uh, Gareth when he goes through uh, Because last week I got 40 Platinums They were all spam And he was having a hard time finding the legit Platinums So I just went in there and just took all the uh, rat spam So he can go in there and look uh, Without problem All the trophies are going to get unhidden uh, At the end of the uh, end of the year uh, but my official trophy count is level 873. Total trophies of 28,098 with a plaque count of 770. Hopefully tonight I'll have my 771st. Oh, yeah? What game is that? Uh, Grid Legends. Oh, how's that going? It's good. Um, I have some gripes about the game. Uh, it just seems like... Because, I mean, I, I picked it up when it was for plus. So I'm debating about whether or not I actually want to play it. But I'm like, that's a racing game. It's a good racing game. Uh, most most races are like two to three laps. Some of them get up to six. Um, but it's quick in and out races, whatnot. And there's just a, you know you go through the story mode, or and then you got to do the career. Uh, I'm I went through beat all the DLCs already. I spent ten dollars on the DLC because I just wanted to try to get a hundred percent of the game. But uh, I you know I have some gripes with it because. It's. It seems the. Uh, how do I say this? It seems like the AI is not hard to beat in a race, but they also don't give you any space when running a line. So if I'm going to pass somebody, and like I'm, I, I'm clearly like pulling up on them fast, and then I cut to the side. You know, because I'm, I'm anticipating them turning right. Yeah. They will ease to the right to block you. But it's like, if I tap them, I go spinning out of the way. But if they tap me, I also go spinning. It, it doesn't, like, the AI reactions don't seem consistent. And then there's a lot of times, like, I, I have a car, and all of a sudden, like, I'm I'm drafting it. Like, you, you, you watch NASCAR. You yeah. Know. You're drafting behind the car, and then all of a sudden, they're flying over the top of my car because I, I went underneath them. Nice. That should not be happening. No. Especially when we have, like, my bumper. I mean, I, I don't know this for sure because I, I play an overhead view, but my bumper is a good six inches above their bumper. There's no way I should be able to pull the air off the bottom of their car and lift them up over me. No, you shouldn't. So it just seems like it's a little off. Um, doo, doo, doo. I'm just trying to read the chat real quick. Uh, Rick says, Tricky admits he has less legit plats than the other host. Stylin says, Legends DLC had zero effort put into it, especially the last one. I agree. Uh, Matt G says, no macros for help with that. No, no macros. Uh, Rick says, Tricky, where's your camera? It's a... You talk about the camera in the game or camera on... Twitch, and Stalin says, "Do you think William Byron wins the championship this year?" I have no, I, I could care less about F one or Indy cars or anything. I, I really don't even watch NASCAR anymore with all their rule changes. So, I don't watch uh, racing anymore. Oh, Rick wants my camera on Twitch. Uh Rick, I can't do that just because my house is a mess right now because I was doing some cleaning, and I, I don't want you guys to see my messy wait, ass kitchen. Wait. Your house is a mess because you were cleaning? Usually it's the opposite where your house is no longer a mess because you were cleaning. Well, thing, things are moved around because I'm, like, I'm cleaning behind the fridge and all that stuff. So, like, 
my fr- I pulled my fridge out, which then I had to move a rack, so the rack's not in place. So just like it's cluttered, but because I'm cleaning. Um, you got you you guys know you move things when you clean, and then you know you haven't had time to put it back in. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm literally right now I'm two trophies away from getting the platinum in Grid Legends. Um, I just have to go through like four more races to complete the gauntlet, and I think um. The other trophy you have to get is you have to drive 50 miles in all of the Ferraris in the game. But you have to beat certain races to unlock the Ferraris. And I think I just unlocked my last Ferrari. So I just basically got to go in the race creator and drive around Indy for 50 miles. Uh, but yeah. and then But I should have that tonight. If not, I got to find out how to unlock the last Ferrari. And then I just go around and whatnot. But Grid Legends, I, I know I'm talking a lot here, guys. Um, Grid Legends does the thing in video games that I hate the I hate the worst. Do you guys remember what that is? No, but you will have tell us. have a tutorial that you have to pay attention to. No, it's when have a trophy do- system that you actually have to do something other than press X. You're a dick. Uh, yeah, I figured I'd take the opportunity. You opened the door. Um. It it's what they did in Dark Side is where like it's a hack and slash. All of a sudden, now you have to do this flight control for uh, a trophy, and you never do flight control again in the game. This Grid Legends now, granted, like it's a little different, but Grid Legends is all about you know racing, and now all of a sudden they're throwing drifting into it, and the drifting is unforgiving. I mean, you tap something and your whole combo is gone i had a 25 times 25 combo and i tapped and i mean lightly tapped a sign and my combo went away down to zero i hate that but isn't drifting a regular mechanic in a racing game in like every racing game well it depends on your type of racing i mean grid i would uh, surmise that it's more of like in uh, a Formula One or an Indy car type racing, and you don't want to drift with those cars, or is it more like street racing? It, it well, it's it's a combination of NASCAR, Indy, and F one, where it's like the, some some of them are on tracks. Like Indy has the the oval, like NASCAR, but they also have the well, then none, uh, well, then none of those road, series you want to excuse me drift in. Right, but, and then it's like, in, unless you're playing it, I really can't describe it to you other than it's like the tightest corners, and I don't know how the multiplier works either, because it's like, you go in, and you would figure, like, you do one draft, it's that's times one. The next draft would be times two. The next draft, make you times three. But it's not like that. It's like, I do the longest-ass drift, and my, the multiplier doesn't go up. But then I my tires squeal when I'm going around a corner, and it, and it has a multiplier on. So I don't know what actually activates the multiplier to do it. So to get up to a times 25, and then, I mean, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. I barely tapped a sign, and it went away. I've had times where I was drifting around a corner, and then just I didn't hit anything, and my combo would go away saying I spun. I'm like, what the hell? And there's, uh, 
Stylins put it in the chat. There's a trophy for the DLC that you have to get a million points in one drift event. And like I I I I'm dreading even trying to do that one. Uh Salad says LOL, I fucking hate drifting into video games. He is that one million drift trophy was a pain, all the cars sucked. Uh then he comes back and says, uh, uh he's talking about the actual drift events where you where you, where you drift in. Yeah. There's actual like events where it says you have to uh, you know get this score to come in first place or sixth place. Now, with Grid Legends, I will say you don't have to win every race. Like there are certain things where you say like you only have to finish fourth or you only have to finish sixth or whatever it is. You don't have to win every race. But uh, in the gauntlet, you have to win every you have to win every event. And uh, with these DL tro- seal trophies, it's like there's trophies where you have to get around a lap, and you know they give you a time to get around a lap. And the first time you go around, it's like let's say the, the lap is three minutes and three seconds. You have to beat it in. I was coming through, and like I'm not like I'm not gonna say like I'm the best at the game, but I'm pretty damn good at this. And my lap time was three minutes and thirty four seconds. So I had to cut thirty one seconds off a lap. And any race, any race a fan knows that's not exactly like uh, easy to do. So you basically have to cheat the track, which. All right, I'm done talking. Yield, what have you been playing, sir? Well, like I said, where's my phone? Here it is. I've been playing a little bit of everything. Uh, I fired up actually some pain yesterday. Wow, that's a throwback. Well, uh, got, some of the guys were over. And I was trying to think of kind of a, a different game that we hadn't played in a while. And I was like, my wife actually suggested it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. We ain't played Pain in forever. So we played a round of Pain. I had to remember how to play it at first. I'm like, oh, man, I don't remember what does what. So that was kind of an inter- interesting curveball trying to remember what did what. Um, so I played some Pain. I uh, played some Zar- Zombie Army Trilogy with Nitro. He has yet to play the game, so him and I are going through it on Sniper Elite difficulty, because that's what I need to help uh, go for the Platinum, so we're working through that. Uh, played some Rocket League on Thursday with Alex and Nitro. Uh, did some Deep Rock Galactic. I've done some Everybody's Golf. Uh, we're working through our uh, co-op group of myself, Homer, The Brain, and Prepare to Die or Scum. We are going through the Borderlands, a pre-sequel. Uh, we were going to go through it on the three because I need some some multi you know, some uh, multiplayer trophies, and on my three version, and a uh, couple of guys are couldn't get couldn't find a controller, so we went through. We're going through it on the four. Did some Power Wash Simulator. Uh, finished up my little. Uh, event that was going on in World of Warship Legends. Working uh, through, I finished American Fugitive last week, and before Gareth posted his uh, uh, this is your longest trophy streak, according to True Trophies, I was looking, I had noticed what my trophy streak was, and I'm like, you know, I wonder if I could all those times I had hit, I think my longest was 30, and I've done it like 8 times. I was like, I wonder if I could actually beat that. But 
got trying because those other eight times I just happened to do it. So I finished American Fugitive last week, and there were a bunch of kind of cleanup trophies. So like once a day this week, I've been just playing it and getting a trophy and then moving on to my next game. And then I've been playing uh, some Borderlands 3. And I believe that's everything I've played this week. All right, Alex, uh, what have you been playing other than beating up laptops? Like I said, that was that was before last week, so we should have reported on that last show, but you weren't here to call me out because you were working. Uh, you didn't tell me until Wednesday, sir. Yeah. Or actually Tuesday night, technically. Anyway, so Yield is correct. There was some Rocket League past, this past week. We uh, we went out there and won some games for Nitro, for, for Nitro's birthday, which was the day before, last Wednesday. Um... I finished, as I said, most of, uh, I haven't been earning many points in the rarity event because a lot of my last, like a, like a week and a half was spent going back into Tales of Iron and beating the game on Bloody Whiskers mode, which is the, their, their version of hard mode. And I can tell you, is it, is it, is it like really hard? It is. The thing about that game though, is again, there are three like basic mechanics to the combat where it's like, you got to parry, you got to dodge, or you have to block. And basically the colors uh, that they indicate on the screen tell you what you need to do in a certain situation. But again, part of the difficulty as the combat is there's never any invincibility frames. So even if you get hit once, you don't have invincibility. So that can lead to you getting hit once, then you getting hit again, and it's just kind of rolling downhill. So on the hard mode, you can be doing like a perfect run, and then all of a sudden the boss or whatever hits you once, and you're screwed. And it, like one hit can almost kill you. Um, but... The thing about these fights is it's essentially it's you learn through your failures and you have to play the fights over and over again to learn when's the best time to punish the enemies. You can get aggressive, but the best the the way that I found to do it best is to learn when you should punish the boss. Um, You know, when they do a series of attacks, like you'll notice they'll do two attacks that need to be dodged. And then after that, they'll need to they'll have an attack that needs to be parried. And you can after parrying, that's when you can punish. So really, it's just over and over again fighting the bosses so that you can learn the best ways to best times and places to attack them and you know just how to approach their their fights and you know even when you think you've learned what a boss does there are based generally three phases to each boss fight as they lose more and more health so you kind of gotta you know learn three different phases which again makes it a little more difficult but i mean overall it's you know perfectly doable if you're willing to put in the time and you do need some good reflexes so um it was challenging. I got frustrated at at quite a few points, but I made it through on the other side, and I earned myself on PSN profiles a very rare trophy, which was um, like a, a new War Chief rises. It's only a bronze, but I, it's a bronze that, that I'm very proud of. So a lot of my energy went into that. So now I have 100% in Tales of Iron, and I'm finished with that game completely. After, thank you, Yield. I know that was you because Tricky would never clap for anyone for anything. Yeah, yeah, that was um, me. I heard you. I was, I was just in, in the process of gifting. I'm telling you, bro, uh, Twitch subs. Well, I, I'm telling you, I did. I wasn't trying to make you not hear it. I very much wanted you to hear that because I said it over the airwaves. Uh, after finishing Tales of Iron, I really didn't play a ton more because you ever get in these moods where you get home or it's like late at night and you have some time time to play, but you're just like, I don't really. I'm tired. I really just don't even yes. want to play. Yeah. My, Absolutely. Was, a lot of times, I a lot of times I'm sitting on my system trying to figure out what to play, and I end up messing in the store or checking, comparing trophies with my friends, what have they earned in certain games, and then before I know it, I'm like, oh, I should go to bed. Well, I mean, you know, last Thursday we spent a good amount of time playing Rocket League, as we do on a lot of Thursdays. But then, like, once it got to um, 
later in the night when I generally stay up overnight, I was like, I don't really feel like playing games, blah, blah. So I just sat there and watched Transformers Age of Extinction. Not because I thought it was good, but just I wanted to rewatch it because I'm, you know, I'm on Transformers kick lately. So I'll Rise of the Beast. So I'm in the mood. And man, that movie's terrible. It's even worse than I remember. But um, I did start playing another game and I started playing the medium, which is, of course, is a favorite actually maybe Levi's favorite game. And I'm not really super far into it to be able to judge it fairly, but I will say that they do this really neat mechanic where you, your character exists in the material world, which is our world, and in the spirit world, where, you know, you can, you know, come in, t- in touch with spirits that you can't normally see in the material world. And when you have those segments in the game, it's, you know, split screen, essentially, like as if there's two players. So you have the, the material side and then you have the spirit side. And it's really cool how like the story plays out through that and you get to know essentially spirits in the spirit world and you sit there on one screen and you can see that spirit. But then in the material world, which is on the other split screen, your character is just talking to nobody. And you can use that stuff to solve puzzles like you, you've got a doorway you need to get through. And in the spirit world, you can use some kind of electric power to boost, you know, turn the power back on to like a mechanical door or something like that or a mechanized door. So uh, it's a cool mechanic. Like I said, I haven't played a ton to get really into the story or to give a fair judgment of the game. But, you know, it's it's a game I've wanted to try out based on Levi's uh, opinion, high opinion of the game. And like it's on PlayStation Plus Extra. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, use my PlayStation Plus subscription, which Tricky gifted me as much as I can. So um, I'll have, you know, probably more to say as I get through the game. But I'm, I mean, overall, like the, the way that they walk the material world and the spirit world and how they show that for your character is, is really cool so this uh could be uh you know a really unique game with a with a cool story that plays out but you know i'll just have to comment more on that later because i just honestly last week i just after tales of iron i just wasn't really in the mood to play a whole lot that well that needed a lot of thought you know at this point rocket league for me is just like i ain't really got to think about it to be honest with you all right i i kind of throwing off because of all the grid legend songs did we go through your trophies as well no. Alex, what are your trophies? Oh, that's you right. Didn't go yeah, mine either. <laughs> that's because we didn't do that. <laughs> and I had them ready too. The first time in history, I had them ready. <laughs> we got. I, I got distracted. I'm like, I didn't say Sid's trophy. So did they say theirs? That's, no. the, that's the biggest crime of all. I am level 480, total trophy count of 8,800, and a platinum count of 146 in 145 games. Yield. I am a newly minted level 500 with a trophy count of 9662 and a platinum count of 174. And Sid is level 832, total trophies of 22,122 with 717 platinums. So, because uh, Sid's the man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doesn't have as many as me, but, you know, who does? Sid's the man. Yeah. Uh, we miss Sid, by the CJ. way. Eh, he doesn't count. He's got more than you. Like, eh, he leaps and bounds more than you. He doesn't count. I'm just saying. <laughs> you said you asked who. I pointed out one who. Uh, Stalin says that's a sadistic amount of trophies. Stalin's bringing the heat this week. I like it. Got the Con Air references on lock. Got the play on words. Maybe Stalin should be a host of the show. Uh... Rick says top 100 in the world and he doesn't count. Okay, bro. I'm joking. I'm joking. I like CJ. Well, you said that really uh, grudgingly. Uh, 
Sometimes my my humor just doesn't come across to you guys. That's all I'm saying. What you couldn't see is that Tricky threw a plate against the wall as he said it. <laughs> and it made no sound. That was the other thing. It made no sound. That's because he, he lives. That's because he lives in a rubber house. It's because it fell just into the pile of trash in his house that he doesn't want everybody to see. Yes. Uh all right. All right. Uh, so we're I, I'm all discombobulated right now. Oh, we can tell. Alex that. talked about what he's playing. Deal. Did you talk about what you're playing? Yes, we covered what I was. What I've been playing. You talked about okay, you what you were playing. Then Yield did, and then I did. And then we went well, back I, and we did our trophies because you went from your trophies to what you've been playing. Because I asked you how Grid was. And then you're all you're you're messed up now. Will you do shout outs? You asked me you asked me about grid while I was doing the trophies. I I've also been playing the division two because the new season finally launched and playing descent on uh, Twitch. You know something which, else I'd like for you to play? The show? No, Watch Dogs because I need that trophy. I told you to remind me. I just did again. I'm gonna forget. I know you are. You know, here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> thing. Yield. I asked Tricky a few months ago. Oh, here we go. If he would look up and see if he had got a game that we had gotten for PlayStation Plus, awesome nods on the PS3, and if he would help me get the last two trophies I need because they're real simple to get. You just got to play with somebody online and do some other stuff. And uh, never heard back from Tricky. He said he would look, and he never heard back from him. Well, I'm uh, looking right now. So you, Alex, I, I'm looking Alex, right now. Alex, I will tell you right now. Since I was on my three yesterday, you know what I have on my system. Awesome Knots. So, you know, literally for the trophies, all I need to do is play an online game with somebody and win, maybe win one, I think. So if the, the servers are still on, if you wouldn't mind helping me out that, because Tricky apparently doesn't give two shits. Absol- absolutely. Is it, is it Awesome Knots Assemble? I'm pretty sure it's just Awesome Knots. Okay, because I'm looking up. And there's no uh, cool game called Awesome Knots. You, you say win, and we'll do that. Then I can get mine out of the way, and then whenever I go to play it, I, I've got it out of the way. All right. See, you know what, Tricky? You could learn from Yield. I, I'm looking up Awesome Knots right now on the PlayStation app. Nope, never mind. Alex and I are booked. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a two-person you, tango, you, Tricky. Yes, you've had your chance, and you missed. He's now picked <laughs> a new partner. So you just go sit against the wall, sir. Rick says, man, Yield asked you about Watch Dogs before episode 500. <laughs> It hasn't been that long. Feels like it though. That's what happens when you. Eat- it hasn't been. It hasn't been a year, year and a half yield. That is. That is what happens when you eat too much spam. Your your mind gets cloudy <laughs> and you can't remember anything. You remember dick all, all right, nothing. Can, can, can we get into the show? You're the one that's discombobulated. Know, this is kind of entertaining. All right. PlayStation uh, Plus games for Jude have been. Uh, Excuse me, PlayStation Plus games catalog editions for June have been revealed. The games joined in uh, the PlayStation Plus games catalog. Uh, Whoa. Hold on. And we should say that this is not the PlayStation Plus free games for Essential. These are the games added to the game catalog for extra, for the extra tier. Uh, Stalin says, since Tricky can't get in on the action now, invite him to watch. He might just like that. (laughs) Whoa. Tricky, all right, Tricky's so, used to sitting in the corner watching. I charge, right, so, I charge extra for that. All right, so this article from IGN has a typo in it, which threw me off because it said it, it, the headlines: every game joining the PlayStation Plus games catalog in May of twenty three. 
but the headline of the article is June, so I'm assuming it's just a typo. Uh, Roll Legacy for the 4 and the 5. Far Cry 6 for the 4 and the 5. Shredder's Revenge for the 4 and the 5. Inscription for the 4 and the 5. Solstice for the 5. Tacoma for the 4. Deus Ex Mankind Divided for the 4. Killing 4 2 for the 4. Lonely Mountains Downhill for the 4. Vampire the Masquerade uh, for the 4. 100 Days Winemaking Simulator for the 4 and the 5. A Hat in Time for the 4. Cardo for the 4. Forger for the 4. Dodgeball Academia for the 4. The Wild Ed Heart at the 4. Raid Out 2 for the 4 and the 5. Thief for the 4. MX versus ATV Legends for the 4 and the 5. Paw Patrol, Buddy Pups, Save Adventure Bay for the 4 and the 5. My Friend Peppa Pig for the 4 and the 5. DC League of Super Friends, The Adventures of Crypto and Ace for the 4 and the 5. Actually, the Super Pets. What did I say? You said Super Friends. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tales Principle for the Deluxe Edition for the 4. And Elix 2 for the 4 and the 5. And your classic games are Killzone Liberation for the PSP, Worms for the PS1, and Herx Adventure for the 1. A couple good games in there, gentlemen. We also didn't mention it previously, but they have announced DLC for Shredder's Revenge. And that brings a new game mode as well as new playable characters, one of which they've revealed to be uh, Usagi Yojimbo. So... And they got new, new different uh, color skins for the, the turtles or all the characters. So that's really cool. And Stylin says he was going to write this as a bad month until I mentioned winemaking simulator. That could be fun and and, and, and educational. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I got a bone to pick with you guys. Right. When you I said I was playing, a bone to pick with everybody. When I, when I was saying I was playing lawnmower simulator, you guys gave me a bunch of grief. Now it seems like you guys are jumping on sim games. What the whoa. hell? Whoa, whoa, back the train up here. So, I have been messing around with it, and I have said I've thought about getting Lawnmower Simulator. I was giving you guff because you played it a little bit, popped the trophy, and then you regretted it. That's what I was giving you the guff for. I'm actually eyeballing it, because I'm using some of these sim games as my, as what we like to say, my chill game, where I don't have to worry about, I'm, you know, I gotta kill so many things, or I gotta drift and not touch anything. All I gotta do is just play the game and enjoy it. Or I've only got an hour before bed. Or kind of like Alex, I don't know what to play. I'm not in the mood to play anything. You know what? I'll fart around with this game because I don't have to do anything but just do this simple task. So, you get your ducks in a row, mister. I, well, listen. also tricky. We gave you shit because it, you told us how long you had to mow lawns for trophies, and it's just like, what? No, thank you. No, thank you. Also, here's the thing: is that any different than any of the other sim games? I don't know. I'm sure they're all different, but here, I... yield. How long does it take you to power wash a house or a sidewalk? Ah, uh, well, let's see here. I'm at my really second house job. It's if you do it in one sitting, it's probably a good. Two to three hours. There you go. Okay, but also lawn mowing is something I can do in real life. Farm simulator, I can't do any of that stuff. I can't drive a combine or a tractor in real life. I can go outside and wa- and mow my lawn. So there. But you just sat here and said he, he's actually eyeing it. I am, yes. Alex is not into those kind of games. Uh, Stylin, are you the one? Uh, uh, sorry, because Stylin's uh, in, in the chat. So, Stylin, are you the one that plays all the sim games? Uh, I believe he is. Because he said uh, Lawn Mode Simulator is great. 
And he goes, see, Yield gets the appeal of Sims. Finally, someone. <laughs> it, it took me a bit because, see, really, I, I call it a Sim game, but it's not a Sim game. I played Mud Runners because it looked kind of cool. The whole, it, 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 the cover of the game was like an old Soviet truck. And I'm like, it looks kind of cool. Watch some gameplay on it. And as I'm playing it, I realized that, wow, this is kind of a different thing to play than what you've normally been playing, what I start calling a chill game. So then I started kind of looking into more of them. I was always interested in Farm Simulator. We got 17 for free, started playing that. It, it's a mindless, simple game to play. And even though I kind of balked at Power, Simu- or Power Wash Simulator at first, watched some gameplay trailer, okay, it actually doesn't look too bad picked it up on the last sale, started playing it again. It's another one of them games where you just don't have to think. So this has been kind of a a reinventing of me of thinking of what Sim games were. Now, I'm not full-blown into all of them. I'm not going to play Sims 4, but there are certain simulation games where I'm kind of like, this is a nice, chill game. So, Uh, Some comments from the chat. Uh... Rick says that Stylin is the sultan of Sim. Matt G says V uses Sim games to relax. Stylin says Ship Graveyard Simulator is a great one. Really? I, Rick- I watched that trailer and it didn't really do nothing for me. I may have to give and, it. I may have to give some gameplay a look then. And Rick says there's a dude on True Trophies that goes by the Din of Sim. I feel like you missed out on that one, and he said Stylin. I mean, I've even thought about the construction simulator games because I always liked heavy equipment, even though they don't necessarily look the greatest when you're watching some of the gameplay. But I've been like, you know what? I may do it. I played that. I played that uh, truck driving game. It was called Truck Driver, and that was kind of a you know a I guess you could call it kind of a sim. And that was another one of my just chill games. So did, did I not say Gin of Sim? I don't remember what you said, to be honest. I either said Din or I said Jin or Din. I don't remember what I said. I don't either. Oh, Rick says I said Din. I'm I'm sorry. I I did know that because he's corrected me in the chat. I thought I said Jin, but I apologize. Uh, all right, we're moving on. But Stylus says Construction Sim Two is great, but 100 plus hours for the inexperienced. Well, then that would be me. All right, moving on to our next topic. Wow. We're, we're on fire today, guys. I, I'm uh, enjoying the show. I don't know about everybody else. but I, 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 Yeah, I know, but I, I'm just looking at like we, we've been talking about getting these show, shows under two hours. It just seems like every week. Well, we you know what? There, and, there may be on. some topics we just cut from the show. Uh, all right. Next article right. coming from IGN written by Taylor Lyles. Sony is testing ca- cloud streaming for supported games. Um, I'm going to read this real quick because it's not a long article. We'll read the whole thing. Uh, Sony announced today has begun testing cloud streaming for supported PlayStation 5 games. In a new PlayStation blog post, Nix Maguire, VP of Global Services, Global Sales, and Business Ops at SIE, said the end goal for PlayStation is to make this, quote, an additional benefit, end quote, to those subscribed to the premium tier of PlayStation Plus. Quote, we're currently testing cloud streaming for supported PS5 games. This includes PS5 titles from the PlayStation Plus game catalog and game trials, as well as supported digital PS5 titles that players own. When this feature launches, cloud 
cloud game streaming for supported PS5 games will be available for use directly on your PS5 console. That means as a premium member, it will be easier to jump into your favorite games without downloading them first onto your console. End quote. This announcement comes at an instant time. PlayStation has previously dabbed in the cloud gaming, by the way, of PlayStation Now before it merged with PlayStation Plus to provide the current iteration of Plus. But the company also re recently announced a new handheld device simply known as Project Q, which is capable of playing games installed on your PS5 and streamed over Wi-Fi connection. Uh, I, so I didn't read the whole article, but that's where I'm going to stop. Uh, so I put this to the chat. Uh, you know, throw your opinions out there. But... I know you two aren't too much into the whole Project Hue idea. I know that, uh, you know, internet is sometimes an issue for both of you guys at times. And, Guild, I know this really isn't going to go to you because you're not a premium member. But do you think that Sony is making the wrong move by making it able to stream your games when they're also trying to market a streaming handheld? Well, no, because if you've got a streaming handheld, then you can stream. Because those games have to be on your five to stream them with the handheld. Yes, I would. Yes, but okay. I'm also hold so, on. But I also think what they're talking about is that with the Project Q, you're going to be able to because all Project Q is basically a, a, like an, a fancy remote play device. Uh, yeah, so a, you're, a, you're a, actually a, a switch for your five. Right. So you get them compared. You're going to be able to. So. I would assume, and I could be 100% wrong with this, but I believe that even if you're on your Project Q, you can still stream the games on your PS5. So what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to draw a connection here is if they can get the, this cloud streaming to the 5 going, then that makes the Q more valuable because now you can, through your 5, access more titles instead of already having them on your system to play them on the Q. It gives the Q a bigger library. Fair point. Alex, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, Tricky, you talked about this before because of a specific question I had, but they had to make all of the PS3 games cloud streaming because they couldn't figure out how to, because of the different processor in the PlayStation 3, they couldn't figure out how to make it work where you could download to your console and use it on the 5. Correct. So, I mean, that would, you know, mix with what Yield said there in that you would have PS3 games to play and a lot maybe more of the back, the classic catalog, as they're calling them, to play. It, it's not the thing about the Q is it's just another expensive device to play the games you already own just to play them on a smaller screen. It's not going to have any or at least we don't know if it's going to have dedicated games, but for, for what we can tell, it's just a device to play games on a smaller screen that you already own or, you know, that you already have access to on a larger screen, right? That uh, yeah. It, it's just so I you and, and my big question was that you have to do over Wi-Fi or like, you know, maybe like Bluetooth or something like that. Like, we don't assume that you yes. can take this on like your morning commute on the train and play on the queue, you know, from your console at home because the console would have to be on, right? Well, the with, with remote play, you can like if I turn on my four in my living room, if I do the remote play to my PS5, it turns my PS5 on. And if you do the, you can turn it off that way, so the PlayStation Five is not just run. I mean, granted, there are power savers, power saving settings where they would turn off or put go to sleep eventually. But yeah, but uh, like if I do, like if when I do remote play on my computer, when I go to close the app, it or what I do, <coughs> excuse me, 
when I close the remote play on the, the computer, it asks me, do I want to put the PS5 in rest mode? And it's just a box to check yes or no. Uh, but also, we're, again, the big conundrum is the assumption that this can only this is going to be for at-home use and not on the go, which the Switch, You're right. which Switch which, can which, be used for. Wait, right. Well, okay. But the Switch... Okay, the difference between the Switch is whether you're handheld with the Switch or it's in the dock, it's all running off the same system. Like the dock, once you take the, the Switch out of the dock, the dock is basically useless. I, I, it, there's no other way to say it. It's just that that's all it is. The dock is literally just the, the, the way to put the image on your TV. So, and, and also the power, or, you know, the charger switch. Um, but once you take it out, the dock is basically useless. Where this, this is still running, like all. It sounds to me like this is just going to be a wider Wi-Fi device that's going to be able to connect to your PS5. And I know under most remote play settings, I mean, there are IT people out there that can find workarounds. But with remote play devices, you basically have to be on the same Wi-Fi as your system. Because I've I've never been able to uh, you know connect my Vita at work to my PS5 at home. Because you're uh, in that case, I'm going over one Wi-Fi or one cell uh, connection that's now got to connect to my home Wi-Fi. That's got to turn on my PS5. I never got it to work. So this, to me, like if this is strictly Wi-Fi, Project Q is strictly Wi-Fi. Like I see the appeal of it, but in large in part, it's going to be useless because if I if 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 I had to be home to use my Project Q, then I might as well just go play on my PS5. Well, yes, and here's the thing, is that you're paying a lot more for the functionality of the Switch to basically, you have to have two things. You have to have the Q, Project Q, and you have to have a PlayStation 5. So you're, buy, you're buying two devices, spending a lot more money for the functionality of the Switch, but also worse than the Switch, because you're not going to be able to take it on the go like you can the Switch. So, yes, I think this, yeah, I think also- this thing is stupid. Uh, okay. Now some comments from the chat. Uh, Matt G says this sounds a lot like it's gonna be a trial case for the queue. That's what I was thinking too. Rick says I played a lot of Slay the Spire on my phone at work through cloud gaming. Wouldn't have liked to play anything more involved though. It's perfect for turn-based stuff in his humble opinion. Matt G also says streaming from the internet to the five, then the five to the queue sounds lactastic. I was thinking the same thing. Stylin says, if it doesn't work and people keep complaining, it's safe to say it's Project QQ. I don't get that joke. Uh, Rick says, I used to play remote play from the PS4 to the Vita at work. It was laggy as fuck. And yeah, those are all the comments. It's like... Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I like the idea of uh, of streaming. Like, if I want to play, if I want to try a game, I like the idea Uh. Excuse me, Style says QQ is old school for crying. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I like the idea that if I want to try a game, I could just stream it before downloading it on my system. I like that idea. Um, but if, if people are going to go so far as to say, I want to use my Project Q or my remote play device to connect to my PS5 to stream that game, at that point, I'm just thinking, why not just let the Project Q stream the game? Why do I have to turn my PS5 to do, to stream that game? It, it maybe this is a test case for it. I don't know, but 
it sounds like the the Project Q is not going to have any kind of storage device or anything like that. So if if it's only going to be a streaming device, why not let us stream whatever game we can stream to our PS5? Well, and he, does that make here, sense? Yeah. Here's another thing though. It's like Sony wants a piece of the mobile or the handheld market, but they don't want to jump in head like fully. So this is just like a yeah, you can play it at home and it'll be great because if someone else is using the TV, then you can, you know, use the the small screen for um playing games, which I'll make, make another point. And I know that not everybody has the luxury of having multiple TVs, but how many of the hosts here have multiple TVs in their house? I mean, I know that a lot of people have like I think, you know, Matt and his wife V, they have separate setups for each of them to play. How many of us, like, as far as the host and people in the chat can answer, have multiple TVs in the house? I have five. You rich fuck. Yield? Uh, ones that I use or in total? In total. So I've got, let's say, one, two, three flat screens, because we bought one a couple years ago so my wife could watch her cross-stitch stuff while she's cross-stitching. So there's three there. I still have... My two tube TVs, so that's five, and I think my wife may have hers around here somewhere. So we got so we got three that we use and three that is sitting around. And and we have three at the house. And again, I'm not trying to say that everybody all, always has multiple TVs. Some people may just have one, and that's that. Then some people may have zero. It's, it, I'm you know I'm not trying to you know make any social commentaries, but. At least in this test case, and I think in a, you know in the case of some of the people in our community that you know we hear from regularly, if somebody wants to use a TV, there's another TV in the house to go use. You know, now the argument could be that well, you know, my wife wants to watch TV, or you know, my partner wants to watch TV, and then I will still want to play, but in the same room as them, so something like the Q would be worth it, or I would use the Q at that moment, but still at the same time isn't that like a small case scenario? Like, isn't that a, a small percentage when that's actually going to happen? Well, I, me and Daryl were talking when the Project Q was officially announced, and what you just described is actually, you know, where we thought the Project Q would be the best is like, Ashley's watching TV, but you got to get the last trophy in Slay the Spire. She could watch her shows on TV while you're sitting on the couch next to her and, you know, be able to play right there. And you don't have to worry about the TV. Um, and the only reason I have multiple TVs in my house is I have one in the living room. I have one in my studio that I use, that I play on when I'm streaming. I got the one in Sweet Mama D's room. And I have one in my bedroom, which I don't even use. And then I have another one, which I could use. But, you know, I know this is going to make me sound very bad. But it has a slight scratch on the screen, so I replaced it. TV still works perfectly fine. You can't see the scratch unless you're watching a hockey game. So I have that TV as well. But, um, but again, you're you're getting less functionality than the Switch has, buying two devices and spending a lot more money than a Switch. I I'm not arguing that point. So it's I, still it's still I a think, bad I maybe in concept it's fine, but it looks like a bad idea when you actually sit and think about it. Right now, I like the idea of the Project Q, but I'm whole, I'm really reserving my judgment on it until we get further details on it. Because all all we really know about the Project Q right now is that you stream games from your PS5. We don't know any other features or any other functions. All we know is that the DualSense cut in half. 
with an 8-inch screen in between it and it streams from your PS5. That's all we know. We don't have a price point. We don't have a release date. We don't know any functionality. We don't know if it has onboard storage. We don't know nothing. So I'm holding my judgment back. But as of right now, what we're looking at, it does not make sense for somebody to buy a Project Q unless they're in a situation where they don't have a TV and their significant other wants to watch something on TV, but you still want to play your game. That if, if I can't take it out of the house, if I can't do anything else with it, if I can't put you know, store games on it, it doesn't make sense to, for anybody to buy one right now. And uh, Matchy says, the Project Q is ugly as sin. And Stylin says it's, it's Project Questionable. Uh, he, Matchy also says the price of the Q will be critical, uh, crucial, sorry. Uh, he says, we're always complaining. We're, we're always something to quickly type in a all chat to troll the other team. I, I don't know. Something about the old team and if they were playing during a match. Uh, I, gu- I guarantee I this thing at least costs 200 bucks. I, I'm figuring it's probably going to cost 250 Anything over 300 it's dead in the water no matter what the functionality is. Uh, <laughs> but you're, I, again, I think it's dead in the water as is because you're asking people to buy. Look how much Sony is putting out there. Hey, we want you to buy a VR. Hey, we want you to buy a PlayStation 5. Hey, we want you to buy... Project Q, like, how much money do you think we hey, got? Hey, we Sony? want you to stream. Hey, we want you to stream your games that you have to have a PS5 for. Well, and also, wouldn't you have to have a, a membership, like one of the top tier memberships of PlayStation Plus, to do that? Yeah, you have to have the the top essentials membership. Hold, hold on, wait, 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 wait. You talk about streaming from the PS5. Or you talk about Project Q. Project Q. If you're streaming, Project Q. Project Q requires no uh, subscription. Because you're you're going to your console, you're not accessing the internet to get your to play games. You're playing games that you already own. So no, there's no there's well, you know what I say. There's no this should not be a subscription to do that. So wait, you can you can they, only they put play it, games that you own. Yeah, like like okay. Well, what about PlayStation Basically Plus just, members? PlayStation Plus has nothing to do with Project Q, as far as yeah, I know. Yeah, but if you have access to those catalog of games on your 5, and then they say, no, you can't use these on the Q, is that not another knock against the Q? No. Whatever you have, whatever you can do on your 5, all the, all the Q is doing is streaming what you could do from the 5. All the Q is is basically a handheld TV screen for your 5. That's all it is. As far as I know, as far as I understand it. Okay, but on my PlayStation it, 5, I can access PlayStation Premium and the catalogs of games. And you can too. But then that would... Rec- so, okay, so... Okay. Gotcha. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're confused about here. No, I'm... I'm no, I'm good. Okay. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Our last story before we go into our questions... Uh, Sony expects Sony games to continue to hit PlayStation Plus later. Current strategy is working. This is coming from IGN and written by (coughs) Ryan Dinsdale. Xbox Game Pass may get Microsoft exclusives day one, but don't expect the same to be happening for PlayStation anytime soon, as Sony has said its current PlayStation Plus strategy is working. 
Speaking to GI.biz, Sony's vice president and global global head of subscriptions, Nick Maguire, indicated Sony won't copy the Game Pass approach to exclusives despite the rise of $70 games and revealing that PlayStation is tested in PlayStation 5 streaming, as we were just talking about. Sony instead instead opts to not release its first-party games on the Plus on launch, with the likes of Horizon Forbidden West coming out a year after. Quote, we're happy with our strategy. Putting games in a bit later in the life cycle has meant that we could reach more customers 12, 18, 24 months after they've released. We're seeing customers still get excited about those games and jumping in. For us, that's working. Occasionally, there will be an opportunity to invest in a day and date like Stray, and we will jump on those when they come in. But for us, letting those first-party games go out to the platform outside the service first, that's working, and that's what will continue to be our strategy moving forward. End quote. I think this is smart. We've covered this a couple times, but I think that's smart. Let the games go out there, sell, and then when the sales die down, put it back out, put it on plus, and let more people experience it. Well, it's like a movie studio, like Paramount. They are, you know, put Transformers out in the theaters, and, and more studios are doing, you know, hey, exclusively in movie theaters now because we're, you know, getting further and further away from the the start and the core of the pandemic. And then later they're putting them on their streaming services. Disney's doing the same thing. Hey, go see in theaters. And once it's run its course, we're going to put it on our, our streaming service. Notice that Sony mentioned Stray. And when we have opportunities like that, we'll, we'll jump on them. Essentially, when we have a third-party studio that's willing to do that for us, we'll do that. And um, But without doing the first yeah, party. Yeah, <laughs> but not the first party. Go out and buy that first, and then we'll... Uh, although Destruction All-Stars, was that not first-party Sony? And that was free for Plus its first month? All Stars was I. I could be wrong. Destruction Derby All Stars. That's what I was asking. I, was that first party? I don't remember. I'll look it up. I think maybe uh, it was. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, according to them, it was made by Lucid Games. So no, that would not be first party. It was published by Sony, but it was developed by Lucid Games. Okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think this is working. Rick says, can't blame them. It's definitely working for Sony. Xbox is doing what works for them. I'll be interested to see how uh, Game Pass subscriptions jump in September. Every extra sub is 55 lost because there aren't people aren't buying Starfield. Um, and Silent says, all depends on how long Starfield's subs stay for. Yeah. I mean, look. <sighs> Starfield, I think, is going to be a ongoing game. I don't think it's going to be like, you can get this done in a month. Well, not uh, hopefully so- not with how long it's taken them to develop. And that's not a shot at them, because, I mean, a game like that needs time to in the oven. But, yeah, it's... You're well, not going to be able mean, to beat, I, do I'm, everything, like, very quickly. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing that it's to say, like, you know, God of War Ragnarok was in development for, what, three years, and essentially you could beat that game in a day. I don't think that's going to be the case with Starfield. I think Starfield's going to be an ongoing game that you're going to want to have a subscription for. But, I mean, we've, we've talked about this in the past, guys. Like, I, 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 me personally, I don't see how Game Pass makes them money. Because for sixty dollars a year, which is the price less than the price of a full uh, game now, 
you have access to all these games. So every game after the first, you're losing money. And especially when, when you... I think Microsoft paid themselves in the corner when they said all our first-party games are going to go there. That means every studio that's, that Microsoft owns, including Bethesda, if it's going to be Activision Blizzard, it, you know, uh, Ninja Theory, all these studios are working and working and working, and they're never going to see a profit on their game. I don't see how this is sustainable. Now, I'm not a business manager. Like, I, I didn't study business in college. But I, I personally don't see how that's sustainable. Well, what they'll do is they'll get you in at the price they have now, and then they'll gradually raise the price on Game Pass. That's what they'll do. That's what happens to all subscription uh, services. They raise the prices. Okay, Rick Rick says I have, I'll have it all done in a month. Stalin says $60 a year. It's $9.99 a month for the base. Yeah, but isn't it $60 for the year? Like you could buy a 12-year subscription for $60? I could be wrong about that. I'm not in that ecosystem. Uh, Matt G says, Microsoft would have to put out games to have day-and-date Game Pass games. And, and Rick says, or free if you use reward points and spend five minutes a day earning them. There you go. Um, I thought you could buy a year of Game Pass for $60. I could be wrong. Well, the, the $15 tier for Game Pass is what you get to, the ultimate, you get to play on PC and Xbox three, uh, Xbox S and X? Yeah, but that's $15 a month. Yeah, I know. No, it's, it's the ultimate. I I mean, again, I'm not tricky and I, neither neither one of us are business people, but my God, 60, if, if it is 60 bucks a year for, for Game Pass, like, I mean, Stylin said it, so I, I believe Stylin, but that's one game. You're essentially paying for one game a year, but getting to play whatever Microsoft puts out. Now, granted, a lot of years Microsoft not may put out one game, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the reason that Microsoft can do it and other people can is because of how much money Microsoft has. It's the amount of money they have is massive. Of course, they could buy Activision Blizzard, but you know, I don't see how Nintendo or anybody else could do that. Mighty Nintendo, Sony, okay. like nobody else can do that. It's just simply because Microsoft is so has just as a company as a whole not just their video game arm but as a whole has so much damn money okay i i am disclaimer i'm not saying this is an accurate source right now but i just googled xbox game pass 12 month uh key and on uh cdkeys.com i could buy a year of game pass ultimate for 99 pounds and 99 pence which I think translates into about $120. So even if it's even at 120, two games after the second game, they're not making any money. Now I know that's not the best source, but that's what I googled, and that's what I can get a key for right now. So, because uh, Stylin says I don't know, he's only ever seen a month at a time. So a month at a time is uh, is ten bucks a month, right? Correct. Well, then it'd be 120 a year. Yes. Okay. So it's not sixty; it's one hundred and twenty. Okay. Yes. Just want to clarify that, and that's that's for just the basic. That's not for the ultimate. Yeah. Oh, that's for yes. But the the key I'm looking at is for ultimate. Um, and like I said, it's on CD keys, which you know they could be discounting it. You know, this doesn't come from the source. Um, but yes. Uh, for because I can get in Europe, USA, or global, and it's all ninety nine pounds. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm fully saying I, this may not be a, uh, you know, a legit source, but I just did a quick Google and that's what popped up. Uh, yeah, I mean, with, with how yeah. much people complain about the price of, of $70 games, and I'm not saying that, you know, people aren't entitled, aren't allowed to complain about that. If you want to, that's, that's fine. You know, have your voice heard. But as much as people, you know, talk about the price of games going up, to the idea that people are having a subscription to Game Pass and then going to buy these games on top of that is ludicrous. I don't believe it. Show me the numbers. Show me the data. But I don't think people are doing that. They're just, they're going to have their subscription to Game Pass because why else would you buy those games afterwards? I, yeah, I wouldn't do it. And I don't think either one of you would either. All right. Just for another source, I went to Amazon. For Microsoft Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for a three-month membership... It's forty one fifty, so that sounds like you're getting like a two dollar and fifty cent discount for three months. So I don't know. Either way, I mean, it's it it doesn't seem to me like it's adding up to what Microsoft should be making off their at least their first party games. So, uh, okay, Salad says. He says, oh, Tricky, that's it. At Best Buy, they got three months for $44.99 at Best Buy, so no savings there. Um, and then he says, Amazon probably knocks a bit off the price because they're somewhat of a large company. Uh, I don't know, bro. Uh, let's see. I don't even know if this is sold by Microsoft. Or, excuse me. Um, okay, it's not even being sold by Amazon. This is being sold by a third party on Amazon. So, yeah, I don't know. But even at one hundred and twenty dollars, you know, that's still you know, like I said, it's less than the price of two games. So. All right, uh, Yield, you've been kind of quiet. You have anything to say about any of this? No. <laughs> I I'm I, I'm just over here smiling about how you despise Game Pass. Or, or sorry, they despise. You don't understand how Microsoft's making any money off of Game Pass. I mean, do you feel like I'm wrong? Like I'm totally no. off base? No, you're not totally off base. Okay. But now. yeah, I'm, I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. But yet, here you are, a full supporter of of the PlayStation Plus Premium. Because it's not the same thing. Uh, it's pretty darn close. No, it's not, but it's pretty darn close. The only no. difference is Sony isn't putting their first-party games day and day. Correct, which I think is very important. It is, but it's that, still extremely similar. I, because, because if you don't go out and buy Spider-Man 2 when it comes out and you just want to sit back and wait six months to a year before they put it on PlayStation Plus Premium, you are, in fact paying what would be a two games for a catalog of more than of new games depending on the year of what comes out you're paying one to two game prices and you're getting a whole bunch of new games you're getting them a year later but you're still getting them and you didn't buy them brand new true but okay what's the difference other than you gotta wait a year because Sony is making enough money off their games in that year or two that at the point where they're putting it on plus 
And I'm not going to say like a company is not looking to make a profit, but at that point, just in my thought process, Sony is no longer worried about making a profit off their game. They're now at the point where they're saying, okay, we've made our money. We sold our 10, 12, 15 million copies, whatever the game is. Now let's put it on the service and let everybody enjoy it because they're no longer concerned about making money off that game. Where Microsoft comes out with the new Halo or the new Gears of War, the new Forza, or the new Hellblade, from day one, they're not making a penny on that game. Where Sony, in their two-year gap, has made their millions of dollars on that game, probably recouped all, if not more, than their development cost. They're now making a profit. So at some point, they're going, okay, we've made our profit. We no longer need to make money. Let's put it on the service. Where Microsoft spends $100 million, and I'm just throwing a number out there, on the new Halo, and they never make a penny back of making Halo. That's to me, is a significant difference in their strategies. I, I just, I view it differently. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I view it completely differently. All right, so we're at that point of the show where we get to play Joe's favorite soundbite. Time to check my social media, y'all. By the way, Rick, thank you for joining us. He's going to bed, so take care, Rick. Appreciate you. Later, Rick. All right. Matt G says, will any of you be going for the Final Fantasy 16 Platinum? Yeah. I already know their answers. I, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't even going to be playing. Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be going after the Final 16 Platinum. Uh, I also don't think I'm going to be playing the game. But from what I heard, it uh, it takes two play full playthroughs to get the Platinum. So that's definitely not encouraging. All right. So Rick has a bunch of questions here. Uh, too bad Rick wasn't able to stick around. Uh, we'll go around the room. We'll start with you first, and we'll get Alex's answer. First question. First, alcoholic beverage. Don't drink. Uh, mine was a honey brown ale. Okay. Uh, I'm simple. A Budweiser. But I also very rarely drink. If I have a beer a year, that's probably a lot. Uh, next question. Best live action Batman. Michael Keaton. Yeah, it's a good... Uh, well, since Rick's not here, I was going to ask, are you talking just Batman, or are you talking the whole ensemble, or or what? So I'll just go well, with... I'll go with the question at hand. I will go with just the best Batman, and that's Michael Keaton. Well, he also... The full question was best live-action Batman's uh, Spider-Man and Superman. I was just going to go individually. So... Well, no, uh, I was asking, like, the difference, but, you know, were, were you wanting the whole package who played both Bruce Wayne and Batman the best, or are you wanting just Batman, are you wanting Bruce Wayne, because there is a difference. Yeah, I, I... I think Michael Keaton was the best Bruce Wayne and Batman, um, but, I mean, Kevin Conroy is Batman. That's just my opinion, but... No, uh, I, I agree with your Kevin Conroy. I disagree with you with the package as a whole. Okay. Uh, Alex, best live-action Batman? I think, we're, again, we're talking about an actor, not a movie. Yes. Yes. Best actor who played Batman. You know, I did like Val Kilmer as Batman, but, I mean, I, I think you got to go with Michael Keaton. 
All right. Uh, just because I know it's going to be in the comments, Ben Affleck was definitely not the fucking best Batman. Daryl, don't even try to come in our comments with that. No, 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 he was not. Michael uh, Keaton's the best Batman. I like Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. All right, so uh, same vein, best live action Spider Man. Uh, the only one I've seen was the uh, Tobey Maguire. I haven't even seen Tom Holland yet, so I, that's all I can comment on. Uh, Alex, I haven't really watched the Tom Holland ones. I uh, didn't watch the Andrew Garfield ones, so I mean, I guess that leaves Tobey Maguire because Spider Man Two. I mean, the original Spider Man was good, and Spider Man Two was really good. So, uh, I I think Tom Holland is not going to roll out. Tom Holland is the best live action Spider Man. All right, and best live action Superman. There are only two answers to this, and if you guys give me a different answer, I swear to God, I'm I'm shutting this internet off and we're I, going away. I actually know there are three, but the only one I've seen is Christopher Reeves. Alex. Um, I cannot remember his name now, but who did Man of Steel? Henry Cavill. That one. Yes. Okay. What was your third option, Yield? Christopher Reeves' father played Superman. Okay. Who, wh- which one was the uh, Brian Singer Spider or Superman? Brandon Routh? You don't want to include him in this? Oh, uh, yeah. Brandon Routh and... um. Oh, what was the other one? Dean Kane. I can't think of the guys. Dean Kane, and then there was uh the one that played on the uh, the CW series. He's pretty good. Can't think of his real name. Uh, Dean Kane was a good one too. So yeah, I guess there was three acceptable answers. All right, moving on. Uh, Solid Snake or Sam Fisher? Oh, Solid Snake. You know, I not having played either franchise, I'm just going to go with the answer that's going to piss Tricky off, and it's Sam Fisher. <clears throat> Solid Snake. All right. So th- this is a two-part question. Uh, give both the answers at the same time. If you won $1 million, what is the first thing you would buy they want one sensible answer and one crazy answer. So who are you going with? You first. Oh. Uh, my sensible answer was I really wouldn't buy anything. I'd pay off my house and stuff. So you'd buy your house? Uh, yeah, I would, I'd buy it back from the bank, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, splurgy? Uh, I'd probably go out and get me uh, probably like a, a Cobra Mustang. Oh, you, I know you saw that that video today, Yield. I did, but those, those I've, one of the cars I've always wanted. Oh, Eleanor is so sexy. Alex, your answers. So I'm like Yield, and my sensible answer is that, and, and what I would do in real life is I wouldn't buy anything because I'm not counting on this things like Social Security when I'm older. So I'm trying to save up and, you know, have something to take care of myself and, and my family when I'm too old to work. Um, but 
I, uh, if I was going to buy, you know, just be crazy. I'm, I'm not going to buy, like, I don't believe in buying expensive cars. I have a Toyota. I don't really want a big expensive car because you're going to take it on the road and it's going to get hit by rocks and it's going to get dents and, you know, scratches and all that stuff. So, uh, what I would spend it on though is probably just like something silly with like a golf cart to drive around the neighborhood and just kind of like on a nice spring or summer evening here in Kentucky, just drive around the neighborhood and, uh, at slow speeds and enjoy it because apparently everybody else in my neighborhood has got damn golf carts because you see 10 year old kids driving golf carts around and getting stuck in the pond and getting in cars ways so uh yeah uh i'd save it probably give some to charity uh and the crazy answer is i would uh find a way to build a proving gamer headquarters move alex and yield in and uh do this full time with you guys. Wait, are you trying to move us to New York? Uh, New York or wherever. I, you ain't getting you ain't I'm getting me to get out to New, New York, York. I'll tell you that much. I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah, you're not moving me out of the Midwest, man. I uh, listen. Uh, I want to get out of New York right now because some of the craziest shit's going on. Uh, I think I talked to you guys about it. Uh, the commuter pricing, uh, congestion pricing. They want to start charging people $23 to go over a free bridge to reduce the amount of traffic in Manhattan, which I think is absolutely fucking stupid because Manhattan is like the mecca of New York. Uh, but yeah, my real answer is I would save it, probably give something to charity. My crazy answer would be uh, build a Proven Gamer headquarters and find a way to get Alex and Yield all in the same location so we can do this full time. And, you know, maybe not once a week do a show, do the show like seven times a week. Seven times a week, we gotta sleep, man. Yeah, well, and and we'll hire an editor so you never have to edit again. That's the honestly, that would be <laughs> probably the sensible, <laughs> maybe a more sensible thing for me to do with the money if I wanted is like you know hire someone to edit the show so I don't have to lose sleep or don't have to lose game time. Uh, but honestly, like I feel like a million dollars doesn't go as far as people think these days. So saving it's definitely the smart thing. Uh, so Roberto wants to know what are your recommendations for games to play while flying? It can be on any platform or any game. Uh, he says he played Skyrim while flying home from Seattle and Mario Odyssey when he went to E3 back in 2018. So what's a good game to play while you're flying? Uh, I, we'll go with Alex first. Oh, uh, okay. you'll, you stepped up again. Uh, I was going to say, I've always taken my Vita or my 3DS with me on the times that I've flown and I've never used them. I just end up sleeping or kind of just zoning out. You know, I'm about to take a train ride to Canada in less than a month. And I was like, should I bring my Switch and actually play Zelda? Or should I bring my Vita? And I'm like, no, because I'm probably going to sleep because I'm going to be too frustrated that I can't smoke for eight hours. I would enjoy the scenery from a train, but that's just me. I would too, but at some point my my brain's going to kick in going, hey, you got to smoke a cigarette. And at least if I could sleep through the eight hours, then I, you know, I'm not worried about smoking a cigarette. Alex, your answer. Um. So I mean, it'd be definitely on the Switch because honestly, like I can't think of anything. Well, I mean, you can't really with a PlayStation right now unless you, you know, you can't play on on the five or five games on anything right now. So you would have to take a Vita or a, a PSP. Uh, I mean, so I would say a Switch because I think the Switch because of the way they designed the console to be, you know, used in handheld mode and in you know tv mode 
that they kind of figured that a lot of their games are going to be playable and enjoyable in handheld mode. Some of them you still want to play on a big screen, but a lot of them, Mario Odyssey, Super Smash Brothers, Ultimate, you know, a, a lot of even Pokemon probably are, are, you know, just fine playing on a small screen. So honestly, you know, one of the Pokemon games, um, you know, Super Smash Brothers is always a good time. It'd be fun to play. Um, what, what game? What? What game are you narrowing it down to? I'll say one of the new Pokemon games. They got new Pokemon games out. You know, you're you got to dump a lot of hours into training your team and catching all the Pokemon. So, it's Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. Okay, I'm gonna run to the bathroom when I ask this last question. So try to vamp a little bit. But Kali wants to know when playing the game, what is the best type of damage? Bleeding, burning, frostbite, or poison? Wait, wait, hold on. Yield. Wait. I'm sorry. What? Read that again. Start from the start. When playing a game, what is the best type of damage? Bleeding, burning, frostbite, or poison? So wait, are we talking about what we're doing to somebody else, an enemy, or are we talking about, like, on us? Like, what happens to us? Uh, I, I'm assuming it's on an enemy. I, I'm running to the bathroom. I'll be right back. So it really would depend on what type of enemy you're fighting against. I mean, if you're fighting against somebody with armor on, you want to use acid. If you're fighting against somebody with just flesh... You want to use fire, or you could use bleeding. Yeah, but the, the problem with uh, fire yield is that they can run at you and get you on fire. Yeah, well, that's the downside to it. And then uh, freezing damage, I don't know. Never really played a game that necessarily had a lot of freezing damage over time. Well, poison was good, especially in Bloodborne, because poison helped me get past some of the tougher enemies by, you know, just doing passive damage on them while they were poisoned. Of course, the problem with poison and, like, all this other stuff is that it, there's only a certain amount of time that they're under these effects because it runs out. Freezing, though, if you freeze an enemy, you can attack them while they're frozen for extra damage. And even one of the bosses in um, Resident Evil 4, I can't remember the name right now, but it's the boss that you fight under uh in kind of the base well not the basement but the cave system of the mansion or the castle i should say you uh do massive damage while the enemy's frozen so i mean that is one good thing about freezing like usually i think when i think of freezing enemy it's not necessarily like a, a frost burn damage but really just that you freeze them stop them so they can't attack you and then you you know attack them for generally more damage because they're frozen so it's, I would say freezing. Right, I'm back. All right, Yield, did you give your answer? I did. What was your answer? I said it depends on your enemy. Oh, come on. Don't give a cop-out answer like that. It wasn't a cop-out answer. It was an explained answer as it depends on your enemy. All right. Uh, I'm going to say bleeding, uh, but I'm basing this off of playing the division because I, I think bleeding is a... It it, it it inflicts more damage. Like the the burning, you know, they could roll or you know get out of fire. The frostbite, eh? Poison, same thing as bleeding, but I think bleeding is actually better. So those are my answers. All right, so uh, how are we doing on time? Okay, we got a half an hour. We're gonna cover uh, the Ubisoft forward, gentlemen. Uh. Mostly because I want to get into the conversation with Yield about a certain game. Yield, you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah, I know what's coming. Okay. 
All right, so uh, Ubisoft Forward happened on, was it Monday? Monday. Uh, so a week ago, week and two days ago. All right, so they offered a scissor reel showing off Jet Set Radio and Halo crossovers. Uh, that's going to be coming on September 26th. Uh, next thing they showed was The Division Resurgence is coming this fall. That's a mobile game. Um, I played a little bit. It's actually not bad for a mobile game, but I do recommend getting a controller for your phone if you're going to be playing it. Uh, Skull and Bones Closed Beta is coming in August. The longer way that Skull and Bones is getting the Closed Beta from August 25th to August 28th. You can register now on the game's official website. The beta announcement was accompanied by a live musical performance set to a montage of Skull and Bones gameplay. Uh, I could have done without the montage and the, the live musical performance. But, Yield, are you going to try to get into this beta? Well, I hear it's PC only. Okay. But, yes, I did try. Yeah, I did sign up. Okay. Uh, X Defiant is coming this summer. Uh, it has a open beta from June 21st to June 23rd on the PS5 series and PC. Uh, sorry, Styler just threw me off with this comment in the chat. Uh, uh, it's going to have 14 maps, 5 factions, 5 modes, and 24 weapons. And in year one, Ubisoft will add more, 4 more factions, 12 new weapons, and 12 new maps. Stylin says, uh, the Skull and Bones beta, he goes, I bet the beta will get lost in sea and not arrive on time. Dink. Sorry, that, that threw me off when I was reading it. Uh, Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, get, uh, got its first trailer. Uh, did any of you guys play Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon? No. No, sir. Okay. Moving on. Uh, next thing, the Crew Motorfest is arriving this September. It has a release date of September 14th. This is the third installment in the Crew franchise, but it's the first to see the series leave the continental U.S. Instead, the Crew Motorfest takes places to, to takes drivers to Hawaii. Uh, that's in the U.S. there, sir. Um, but, it le- it, but it leaves the, the continental. continental U.S. We yeah. started in New York. We went to the uh, Central Plains, and then now we're in Hawaii, I believe. Uh, in addition to cars, players can expect to control bikes, boats, and aircraft. Uh, Alright, so qu- quick side note here. Did either of you guys play the crew and crew 2? Well, I wanted, I was going to, but someone advised me to not. To not play which one, either? Yes. Okay, so the crew 1... That would be you. The crew 1, I liked because it was a story game. The crew two went totally open world. It's like, um, go do whatever. It's, it felt like you know, Riders Republic, where you're like, oh, you want to go fly a plane, go fly a plane. If you want to go ride a bike, go ride a bike. AT wheeler or ATV, go do that. The crew. It, it feels like they departed, and I don't know if I'm gonna be playing this because the crew two I played maybe like an hour of it. I was like, this is not what I want to be playing. All right, moving on, unless you guys want to talk about that. No. Okay. Uh, Assassin's Creed Codename Jade, uh, which is the mobile game, uh, is coming. It's entering a public test later this month. As a first in the series, players can fully customize the appearance of their assassin, including gender, clothes, and more. The game takes place during China's 
Quinn Dynasty between the events of Odyssey and Origins. All right. If you guys want to say something, just speak up because I'm just going to keep moving. No, you're good. Assassin's Creed Nexus, which is featuring the return of the classic Assassins. This is the VR game. Uh, it will feature a three-pronged pro, pro story starring a trio of return Assassins, uh, Assassin's Creed 2's SEO, Odyssey's Cassandra, and AC3's Connor. <coughs> the game takes place in Assassin's Creed's classic stealth assassination gameplay and brings to the first-person perspective where players will still be able to use the hidden blade, sword, smoke bombs, bow, and more. The game is coming to the MetaQuest 2 and does not have a release date. Uh... So, I'm going to say this because I'm the only VR person. I don't think Assassin's Creed VR is a smart idea. I think that's a lot of motion sickness. Well, I mean, if you're jumping um, off a high place into a, a big old pile of hay, you know, that may be kind of terrifying. That, like, I don't know. Like, I, the only VR game that ever gave me motion sickness was a Call of Duty... Uh, flight sim where I was flying in space that's the only time I ever got queasy in VR um, and it's just because I think what it is is the the idea of walking around without your feet moving sets your brain off and that like may be queasy uh, Silent says there's a lot of bangers at this Ubisoft forward they're, they're good games I mean I'm not gonna I'm not shitting on it uh, but yeah, um, and the fact that this is not coming to VR two, I think, is a big loss. If you're just putting us on the meta quest, uh, okay. Next up is Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is a direct combat is back up solution. Uh, Ubisoft shared an extended look at Assassin's Creed Mirage gameplay, showing off the back to basic stealth centric gameplay. The game is focused on the concept that there is always a discreet way to take out our enemies, whether it's through Basim's hidden blade, blow darts, or smoke bombs. The game takes place in 19th century Baghdad and will follow Basim in a, quote, tragic coming-of-age story, end quote, and it's coming out on October 12th. Uh, Matt G says, VR2 is already being left in the dust. All right, so uh, I hope you guys saw the trailer for this. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, was announced. The announcement last week at Summer Game Fest, Ubisoft unveiled gameplay for Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. The 2D action Metrovania is a semi-open world, and most more areas open up as you gain new powers and improve your skills. We saw a lot of the game's first fast-paced co sword combat, with plenty of flashy finishing moves on some of the tougher enemies. Time powers are also present, but sometimes your enemy will use them against you. And the game is launching on January 18th of next year on all platforms. Did you guys watch this trailer? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it last week when we talked about it initially on the... Uh, this was a different oh, one. Oh, it was. So you, I, so, yeah, so you didn't watch the No, game. but I got enough of the gist of the game from the first trailer. I don't know what more I can learn from this new one. Uh, okay. I mean, there was a little bit more detailed, but I mean... You, you got the general. Yeah, but I mean, like this. So I mean, really the matter. gameplay is what you're gonna pull you into this game. I mean, yes, the way it looks, but more so the gameplay is, and I and I know what right. that's like. But what? All right, so uh, I haven't listened to last week's show. So, what were your thoughts on the last crown, the lost crown? I don't remember what I said last week. Probably that I need to see more of it. But okay, I wasn't over. I wasn't overly impressed. I mean, to, from what I can remember, to make this a quick 
comment, it looked kind of like a God of War type combat, which that immediately turns me off. I'm talking like PS3 God of War combat. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, Alex, what were your thoughts on The Lost Crown? No, I mean, that looked good. I liked the um, the fast-paced action. I liked the platforming, the way the game looked. And also, like I said, some of the um, more pumped-up visuals, like when you're using the bow and how flashy it looked. I thought it all looked really, really cool. And a different, more... I don't want to say prehistoric, but definitely a, a different take that kind of takes harkens back to when games were a little bit more simple with the gameplay style um you know like kind of like uh, there were some tomb, Ra- tomb raider games and i can't remember the something of light yield you may be able to help me where there was like a top-down twin stick shooter do you remember that yield there were two of two of them not exactly okay i'll see if i can find it but basically like you have a, a certain game it's like a 3d action game and then you take it down to smaller scale like sometimes that works really well and in this game it looks like it looks really cool it look actually looks better to me than a full like brand new giant 3d prince of persia would be oh uh you know, right. one of them was guardian of light that was one of the tomb raider games Lara okay. croft and the guardian of light all right the next game we have is avatar frontiers of pandora got a release date it's coming December 7th of this year. Uh, the first-person action adventure will see players control a Navi trained by the RDA to fight against their own people, but the Navi eventually reconnects with her heritage, learning Navi weapons and skills to prepare for the RDA's inevitable return. Ubisoft showed off a trailer and gameplay breakdown as the long, for the long-awaited title, showing gameplay that reminded us much of Far Cry. Did either one of you guys watch this trailer? No. No, because I had forgotten the Ubisoft experience even happened. The Ubisoft Forward even happened. I had seen the list of games that was announced, and I was just like, uh, okay, I'm glad I didn't waste my time watching it. I, it was it was a quality show. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> the Avatar game, I was disappointed in because it's being made by the same people that made The Division. Uh, they went first person with this. Uh which was uh, Strike 1. Strike 2 was... I never really got into any of the Avatar movies. Like, I watched the first one. I haven't, I could watch the second one because it's on some streaming it's, device I have right it's now. Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, but, I, I like, it's not a bad movie, but it's just... I didn't connect to it, so... I had no real desire to play Avatar, but, you know, it was being made by Massive, so I was willing to give it a shot, but once they announced it was first person, I was like, I'm out. So... I didn't really care much. All right. So, Yield, we've gotten to that moment. The one where you were wrong. You, you just want to drill that home, don't you? I do. Be- only because of your Facebook post. Okay. Star Wars Outlaws got a 10-minute gameplay showcase. Star Wars Outlaws was announced as part of the 2023 uh, Xbox Game Showcase, but Ubisoft waited for its own presentation to share its first look at gameplay. Outlaws is in development at Massive Entertainment, same people that made The Division. And I was only saying that because that's going to lead into uh, Yield's criticism of me. And Ubisoft is calling it the first open-world Star Wars game. The gameplay showcase showed off combat, including how adorable companion Nyx can help protagonist K-Vess in the heat of battle, 
We also see Kay riding a speeder, deciding if she wanted to bribe an Imperial officer, and eventually hopping into a ship to escape into hyperspace. Yield, uh, the floor is yours for now. So the only reason I'm picking on Tricky was because I, I when I saw this, I, you know, I, I uh, and, uh, Star Wars. I follow Star Wars on Facebook, uh, and they posted it. I and I, you know, was like, oh, this looks really cool. And I posted Trophy Horse Chat. Tricky quickly. It's it's uh, division meets Star Wars, and he just left it at that. And I, you know, oh, because Mass is making it. And then I got to thinking after I said that, or after he said that, and I got to thinking a couple hours later. That's like saying with no explanation, just it's Star Wars meets division, or division meets Star Wars. That's like saying without never playing Spider Man that. It's infamous meets Spider-Man. It's like saying Killzone is or Horizon is Killzone. It just it's it's a bad comparison just because it's that company making it without an explanation. Well, infamous and, to Spider-Man is very similar because you could argue and say infamous and Spider-Man play exactly the same. Okay, but but what? But with different powers. Let's be clear with okay. different powers. But what? But you know, Horizon's nothing like Killzone. Well, that's a third person to a first person. You can't make that comparison either. Okay. What? What I? Okay. 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 Hold on. Let me let me defend Days, myself for a second. Days let me de- Dawn let me... is nothing like Siphon Filter or Uncharted: Golden Abyss, and those are all third persons. Fair enough. All made let- by Ben Studio. Let let me defend myself for a second here. Go go right ahead. I'm not saying you're wrong. I was just just limited explanation is what I'm getting you on. Okay. What I all the rumors when I heard that Massive was making a Star Wars and Avatar game. All I heard the rumors, and I'm in several Facebook groups, several chat rooms, several uh uh forums. All I kept hearing was that they were making a division open world games for service game and it was going instead of just being in a division universe it was going to be in the Star Wars universe so we were going to run into Luke and Leia and Han Solo and all the characters and it was going to be a big open world and it was going to be based in uh you know that kind of format I'm glad I'm wrong this does look like the shit um, I don't know if it was you or your brother, but somebody says, let's hope this doesn't turn into 1313. I think it was both of us because I made a comment after. So I, I, I made a comment after the gameplay trailer because I posted the Microsoft's uh, cinematic trailer. Right. And that was where the division comment was made. And then when Ubisoft yes. did their 10 minute gameplay trailer, I posted, let's hope it doesn't get 1313. Yes, but this game looks phenomenal. I want to see more, but I was impressed with what I saw, especially how they have a reputation system. So I'm I'm curious to see that same section that we saw, but not get spotted to see does the reputation still go down because you stole, or does it stay the same because they did they never saw you. I also want to see what happens if you do bribe. If you bribe the Imperials, yeah. Um, Although I, I'm I think, glad they picked don't 
bribe because that's what I was thinking of. F the Empire. You don't give them a slice of your pie. Get out of here. Um, and it's also worth noting I I this takes place after Jedi. No. No, I'm sorry. Takes place between Jedi or Empire and Jedi. Yes, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Which Uh, makes sense because in the cinematic trailer you see Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. So I was wondering if that was a flashback or a... You said that. I, I looked at both these trailers. I never saw that. Which trailer are you... T- you talk about the, the 10-minute trailer? The, the cinematic trailer, one from... Uh, Microsoft? Microsoft showed, right uh, towards the end, there's a quick flash of Solo sitting horizontal, like like before he got pushed into Boba... Slave 1. Yes, I said Slave 1, because that's what it's called. And mm. so... You're going to get this canceled. Uh, it's all right. I'll, I'll go down with that ship. But, um, yeah, there, there was, and that made me think of, well, is that a flashback? What time period are we in? And then they confirmed, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday after the trailer was, the gameplay trailer was released that it's between Empire and Jedi. Right, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I completely missed that. I mean, not that it really matters because we've confirmed the timeline, but yes. Oh, Alex, did you get a chance to look at this trailer? I haven't watched anything from the Microsoft Showcase, and in general, like, if I had wanted to play this game, I would have gone back to to look at it. My thing is, I'm just, I'm, I've got Star Wars fatigue. I, you know, we haven't even watched any of the Mandalorian season three. We're caught up with season two, but we didn't watch any of the Mandalorian season three. I haven't watched, um, Book of Boba Fett. Haven't watched Book of Boba Fett. Haven't watched Andor. I am just. I mean, when the new movie trilogy comes out, I'll watch that. But I'm just kind of Star Wars out at the point. At this point, blame Disney, because you know we we got all the Star Wars we could want, and even more. But I, I just I just can't care about. It. It's like Marvel and zombies and everything. You throw too much at me, and I just get overfed. And I'm like, I I just I gotta cut it off. Well, I hope you're not too Star Wars out that you're not checking out the new series on our Patreon. Where me and Yield are going through each uh, episode of The Mandalorian and talking about it. Why would I want to hear you talk out of your ass about Star Wars? (laughs) Wow, you just destroyed. (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. So, but I will say that I was. I know that they said that this isn't the final version of the game. I thought that the character models could be better. I don't know. I I kind of like the character models. I. I felt for this being the five and series S that like when she walked through like the curtain, so to speak, it was a bunch of beads. But when she walked through that, it didn't affect her hair or nothing. And I know that was a minor thing compared to everything else looked really good. But I was like, there's something off with the character model. It didn't feel like it flowed like everything else was flowing. My opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but I know I just something I just happened to notice. I did like how you could leave uh, from the surface and go straight to space. I and I had to point out that was seamless too. It was jumping in and out of hyperspace. That was cool. Although I was a little concerned with how they barrel they were getting ready to jump to hyperspace. All right. They barrel rolled out of the way of a TIE fighter shooting them and then jumped to hyperspace. 
Okay. I've always kind of wondered how how that would work because even in that time frame, you didn't do that. Even when they did it during, uh, what was it, the Last Jedi, where they were light speed hopping, I was like, I don't see how you can do that, especially when we were told in A New Hope that you know, light speed jumping is not something that you just flick a switch and go. You gotta let the computer calculate. You know, as they're kind of was dodging in somewhat of a straight, you know, they were flying in one direction, but swerving back and forth to dodge before they jumped to hyperspace. This one, they totally rolled out of the pattern that they were going in and then made a jump. Well, wouldn't the computer have to recalculate? Because you're not so. you're not in the same kind of straight line that you were going, and that's what made me think of when the Last Jedi, when they were all just light speed skipping. I'm like, you're not calculating. So, who's to say you don't fly into a sun or fly into the middle of a planet before you jump out of hyperspace? Anyway, that was just me. All right, uh, Matt G made this comment a while ago, but he says he's with you. Yield, so I'm assuming the light speed <coughs> skipping. Yeah, I uh, I think it was before the light skip. Uh, light oh, speed the light speed skipping. skipping. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I I think this looks good, and I look forward to seeing more of it. Um, I also want to give your big tribute, Alice, to uh, messing up the shameless plug for our Patreon. I didn't mess it up; it's still out there. I, th- I thought it was funny because notice how he said. Tra- notice how he said you. He didn't say me. Well, well Yield's here. asking all these questions that I never thought of when it comes to Star Wars. I just basically sit down, watch it, and just take it in with my eyes and accept whatever they tell me. Except for, you know, massive plot holes. Uh, but Yield's thinking about all these these things, and I just... Well, it, it, it was one of those things of, you know, you, you see Star Wars as a kid, and Solo's sitting there explaining, you know, Luke wants to jump into hyperspace, and he kind of smacked his hand when he went to flip the switch, and it's not like Dustin Crops, boy, you know? So I'm like, oh, okay. And then in, in The Last Jedi, they're just light speed skipping. And immediately I'm like, what the hell? When did this change? This has been, you know, even in, you know, we've, from even the Clone Wars, not Clone Wars, even the prequels on up, there was a calculation that you did before you jumped the hyperspeed, hyperspace. You just didn't flick the switch and off we go, you know. It wasn't engage. And we're in warp drive. So I was, anyway, it's just, one of those little things I see, and I'm like, okay, I don't understand. Explain. Uh, but overall, I thought the Ubisoft show was pretty good. Uh, I mean, obviously, just like any other show, you know, there's not going to be something. Everything is not going to be for everybody. Uh, you know, you pick and choose. But I, I do like the Assassin's Creed stuff. I did like the Star Wars stuff. I was a little disappointed with the Avatar, but, you know, that's mostly because it's first person. Definitely look forward to playing Prince of Persia. Uh, I need to, I, I need to see more of it. I wasn't like the turned off, but I wasn't sold on it. Did you watch the latest trailer of it? As of when I watched the one from last week when we did the show. Well, okay, has, sure. there, has there been a new one since? Yes, there's the one that was released on Ubi Forward that was on Monday. Okay, I probably I do not know if I saw that one or not. Okay. Uh. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah, so that's basically it'll be forward. Uh, you guys also didn't cover the Xbox thing, uh, which obviously because we're a PlayStation show. But well, you also told us a not to. Ga- well, what I said, what I said uh, was that if there were, JT wanted to talk about some things, then you could. Uh, I guess I wasn't clear when I said that because I, I think you meant because you asked him if he wanted to talk anything about from the uh, Summer Game Press, but I was referring to that. But that doesn't matter. Uh, but what, okay, I, was other than Starfield, was there uh, anything mentioned of any interest? Uh as I'm scrolling down to find I did, the picture. I did see something possibly about Hellblade 2. Yes, Hellblade 2 was shown, but that was more of a cinematic. They did show uh they did show gameplay of Hellblade. But, yeah, but there was no uh action. It was if you played the, uh, if you played the first uh Hellblade, you know, it was basically like one of the situations where she's walking and voices are just going off in her head. That's pretty much like most of the game, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and from what I, I... I didn't finish Hellblade, but there was not a lot of action in that game either. No, but it's phenomenal. You're doing yourself a disservice by not finishing it. Uh, yeah. I, I tell you what, it's it's not that I didn't want to play it. It's because um, one of the trophies in Hellblade was you had to get uh, all the collectibles in one run. I had to play through it three times because I missed one on my second run, yes. Yeah, and... Uh, I got to. I think well, no, thir- no, you don't have to get them all in one run. I thought you did. No, if you miss one, you can't go back. But when you go to your next playthrough, whatever you got on the first one counts. The thing is, you don't know what you missed, so you still have to go visit each spot. And you, when you walk up to it, you'll know whether or not you've collected it because it's shining. Yeah, uh, but, 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 there's got... no, but there's nothing that tells you you missed the third one in chapter three. Well, that well that when I got to chapter three, there was some kind of pillar behind me uh, that was close to the screen. That like I had all of them up to that point except for one lit up, and I I got, I got discouraged and I just stopped playing it. But that's one game I got to go back to play. And I will say, if you are going to play Hellblade, got to play with headset on. Wear a headset. Absolutely. It is absolutely like I normally I would say games like you don't have to wear a headset. Hellblade, it's it a necessity. enhances it. It is a necessity to get the full experience of the game. Uh so I okay, so I was scrolling through, uh, and I put this in the Photophy Horse group. I said to love the pettiness after what the Xbox did after the PlayStation showcase, PlayStation did the same thing. Uh so coming to PlayStation, there were Star Wars Outlaws, Persona Three uh, 33 Mortals, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, uh, Payday 3, Necrom, the Cyberpunk DLC, Jusant, Still Wakes the Deep, Metaphor, and a Persona, uh, Persona 5 Taxis game. Those are all coming. See, I, I find it funny, but at the same time, when I saw the gameplay trailer, even though it was released at the Microsoft show, I never once thought that we weren't going to get it. It was like, oh, cool, Star Wars game. There, there was actually a story wondering if Outlaws was coming to the, the five because it was released on the Xbox Showcase. Oh and then, my oop. gosh, are people are, are, are they, steal, the kind of steal line from Donnie? Are gamers that dumb nowadays? They, Is gaming they, media and gamers in general that dumb? Okay, I, 
to be fair, Yield, because I, I agree with you, to be fair, it was announced at the Xbox show. Yeah. And during the Ubisoft show, they never mentioned what consoles it was coming to. So it did start the speculation, is this an Xbox exclusive? Okay. Well, then I guess I will give you a tiny bit of wiggle room in that then. But I, I, one, I don't see Disney nor Ubisoft making a Star Wars game where you're not going to try to put it on as many consoles as possible to get as much money as possible. I agree 100%. Uh, so Stylin says, uh, if there were only 500 different collectible guides for Hellblade, I know I, I, listen, I'm not saying I did the right thing. I'm saying I was playing the game. I got discouraged and got distracted and never went back, but that is a game I'm definitely going to go back for. Tricky. How about doing this? So I played through the game, played through it, Uh, found what I could find, enjoyed the holy heck out of it. Right. Uh huh. Then I went back with, with a guide, mind you. And still missed it? And I still missed one. Luckily, <laughs> it was in the first third of the game, but I still missed one. So I had to go back and do it again. That is very discouraging. But I was so close to the platinum, I made myself do it. Uh, Matt G says, uh, Hellblade is also VR compatible. I did not know that. The first one? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Maybe I'll play it on VR. Uh, Stalin also says Clockwork Revolution, uh, which I got to tell you, when I watched that, I kind of felt like that was uh, in the Bioshock world. And a lot of people felt oh, the same way. Yeah, that's the one that everybody thinks is in the Bioshock world. I did see stuff about that. Yeah. I'm uh, Actually, the one game I'm kind of interested in was the one that's, I mean, besides Star Wars, was the one, oh God, I can't <laughs> think of it. It's the one that's made by the creator of Dragon Ball Z. That one looked kind of cool. <laughs> the art style and the goofiness and All saying right. uh, something. St- Stylin has a question for you, Yield, and this is a reference to you missing the uh, the, collect- the collectible with the guide. Okay. He just wants to know, how? I, I'm i wondering the same thing because I was following <laughs> the guide step for step and somehow I either I skipped over either I skipped over that section or I, 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 I don't know. I get to the end door and everything's lit up but one. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. Alex, did you see uh, the trailer for Clockwork Revolution? Because I know Bioshock Infinite is one of your favorite games. Did we lose the Alex? He probably stepped away. Uh, <laughs> Stalin says, you and Daryl, following guides and still missing shit. Hey, I'm, that's the first time that's happened to me. So I'm, I'm 99.5% accurate. So I'll, I'll take it. I'm disappointed. But I'll take it. All right. Before we close out the show, Alex, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Okay. So did you happen to see the, the trailer for Clockwork Revolution? Because that was a lot of people feeling like that looks like Bioshock Infinite. And I know that's one of your favorite games. I did not. Here, I'll look it up real quick. Do we know who it's being made by? Uh, I do not. Um, but I, it, it's a short trailer, so you should be able to watch it. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll move on to our shout-outs. Yield, we'll start with you. Give to Alex some time to look at the trailer. Okay. And then we'll, we'll come back. We'll get Alex's opinion on Clockwork Revolution, and then we'll also get his shout-out. So start with your shout-out, sir. Uh, shout-out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout-out to 
I am Stylin' and Rick and Matt G and anybody else that I missed who was hanging out in the Twitch chat. Uh, shout out to Alex Nitro for Rocket League on Thursday. Shout out to Nitro for running through Zombie Army Trilogy with me to help me get that platinum. Uh, shout out to Prepared Dire Scum, The Brain 76, and Homer Gets Duff for our continued march through co-op Fridays with uh, the Borderlands pre-sequel. Uh, as always, a shout out to the Pimps and Madams of the Whoredom. Thank you for downloading, listening, hanging out with us, whether it's Twitch chat or on the Facebook groups, or coming and joining us in a game of something. Uh, shout out to my wife. She got some uh, I, I've said that she has picked up some uh, games for me at garage sales. So that's been real sweet at some some cheap prices. Um, she could have got me like the whole, everything but the last expansion of Destiny 2, but I wasn't into Destiny 2, so I told her no. Um, didn't, didn't we get Destiny 2 for free, though? I think we may have got the base game or something because it was right before the last expansion came out, and I was just kind of... But this one came with the base game and the first two expansions, and I was just kind of like, oh, that's a really good deal, but I don't care about Destiny, so no thank you. Uh, she, A shout-out to her for that. Also, a shout-out to her. She was able to get a couple of sewing machines and a really big <laughs> chair for free, and there's nothing wrong with the sewing machines, and they're like expensive sewing machines. And the lady is just like... Here, you want them? She's like, uh, sure. So, shout out to her for that. That's a pretty cool find. Um, shout out to my niece, who got her first platinum trophy. She was really proud of that. Which game was that in? Uh, The Walking Dead, the Definitive Edition. Ooh, that's a, that's a long plat right there. It is. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize when I suggested it. Well, it's cheaper to buy this version instead of buying them all individually. And then I realized after she bought it, I'd forgotten that it's one long platinum instead of three platinums and one one hundred percent. So I felt kind of bad because I'm like, well, buy this one. This one's cheaper. But she was like, nah, no worries. I just wanted to play them all. <laughs> um, she she's one trophy away from Minecraft, and I keep telling her, all you gotta do is look it up and. I'm sure you can find a room. It's that it's the one where you got to go like a really long distance on the rail car. Okay. And I'm like, just Google it. I'm sure you can find a room someone's got where you can just jump in, wee, and boom, trophy, and you got it. Uh, well, t- tell her uh, I got good news because Sweet Mama D made that room, and she could do that easily. I I keep trying to tell her, and she's like, oh, I will. That could have been her first platinum. That's the only trophy she's missing in that game. Anyway. Well, I was super proud that she, you know, got a game that she liked and she played through it and got the platinum. Um, shout out to Gareth for his rarity competition and his little side th- little side competition on top of the rarity competition that he did. I I appreciate your ten dollar gift card, sir. And ah, finally, a shout out to Matt G for listening to the first Patreon episode. I was leery of doing it. It wasn't too bad, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes. And I said yeah, I, I wasn't. I said I wasn't the most informed in Star Wars, and I'm glad that someone <laughs> can shine more information on what I don't know. Yeah, I I think that episode came out really well because we 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 talked about not only the episode, but we actually 
you know, we were asking questions like, what is a Mandalorian and all this other stuff, which I think, you know, those conversations are like the product of the show, like what makes the show good. Uh, yeah, Matt G uh, instantly came out. was like, the, uh, he was, I could do three hours on Mandalorian lore. Uh, but Matt G, I know you're in the chat. If anytime you want to come on a show, uh, you know, just let us know. Uh, you can give us insight that could help us out. But uh, thank you for being the first subscriber to the uh, that tier. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, uh, we released a $5 tier that we're going to be covering uh, different shows, different uh, movies and stuff like that series. And the first thing, uh, first one we're doing is The Mandalorian, which is going to feature me and Yield. We're going to go to uh, release every show. We're going to record every show, hopefully every Thursday, release them every Friday morning. Uh, and... Once we get to season three, I haven't watched season three either, so that no, would be new no, when it gets. Yeah, when you're it gets the up only there. one who hasn't seen season three. Well, Alex hasn't seen season three either. Okay, well, Alex, sorry, you're right. So, uh, but if if anybody wants, you know, is a big fan of the show, want to come on, give us insight, you know, whatnot, you're more than welcome. Uh, we generally record. I think we set Thursdays nine ish. You know nine, 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 nine thirty. Depends on when I get done with Rocket League. Yeah, and it also depends on when the hell I get home from work. <laughs> All right, so you, uh, Alex, we've stalled quite a bit. Have you been able to watch the trailer? Uh, yeah, so I totally understand the Bioshock inspiration, and I think even in articles that I've I've read about it, they say it's Bioshock inspired, very steampunky. You know, even more overtly steampunky than even Bioshock, and definitely gives off vibes more so of Columbia and Bioshock Infinite than. Bioshock and Rapture in the first two games but uh, I mean it looks like a cool game because it's also got like a time bending mechanic almost like where they say like change the past, control the future kind of like the butterfly effect where the things you do in the past will change the future. I don't know how much that plays into it but there's definitely some time screwiness going on in the game. Uh, the game is being developed by Exile, and it does fall under the Microsoft Game Studios label so this very well may be exclusive to Xbox Series X and S, as well as PC, Steam. So it's may not be coming to PlayStation 5 at all. In fact, I assume it will not be coming to PlayStation 5. And one of the articles I read uh, from my... Uh, let's see. Where was this? Um, uh, CultureVultures.com or CultureVultures.com uh, Ash Bates was kind of wondering if it would come to the PlayStation 5 and gave out some examples of, you know, how, um, you know, it's likely not coming but there is hope and gave some examples uh talked about psychonauts 2 uh ghostwire tokyo and Deathloop all coming to playstation 5 despite being xbox or xbox owning all the studios behind those games i will point out that all those games were designed de- designated multi-platform before before the before the purchase, yeah, before the purchase. Uh, and psychonauts 2 was was crowdfunded so you can't have people you know who maybe on playstations you know crowdfund help crowdfunding that game and then say oh well, no wait it's not gonna be on your platform so they had to avoid that little conundrum. Uh, they also gave it, pointed out that PlayStation Studios publishing the MLB The Show also comes to other platforms. Well, that's because Major League Baseball said you had to, you couldn't keep it exclusive anymore. You got to take it to the Xbox um, and other platforms. So, yeah, any kind of examples they uh, that Ash gave of you know that would give you any hope, you of can kind of punch a hole through <laughs> because you know, yeah, for the explanations we just gave. So this is likely going to be a. Uh, PC and uh, Microsoft only game. You're not likely going to see Clockwork Revolution well, on the PlayStation. Yeah, as as yeah. I would as I would say that that would be disappointing for people who were looking forward to it on PlayStation consoles. As for the 
industry, it's I feel that it's good if Microsoft has a good exclusive. Well, I, I, I just I went to the, the the studio's website, and the first thing it says is we're an Xbox game studio developing console and PC titles with locations in South, Southern California and New Orleans. So they are owned by Xbox. So I, I seriously doubt this is coming to a PlayStation. All right. Uh, Alex, your shout-out, sir. So I want to give a shout-out, first and foremost, to our wonderful community, some of, some of who we had in the chat today. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us. You guys are awesome. And uh, thank you, Stylin, for not holding my Nicholas. I wouldn't say hate, but my, you know, rather large dislike of recent Nicolas Cage movies uh, against me. Although I haven't seen Renfield, so I, I'm not going to comment on that. Actually, that one I would like to see Renfield. Good. Yeah, with Nicholas Holt <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. Um, wasn't there wasn't there like a movie just recently where Nicolas Cage was playing Nicolas Cage and like totally hey, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah, because Pedro Pascal is in it. <laughs> he Pedro Pascal is like the biggest, and Neil Patrick Harris is in it. He plays Nicolas Cage's agent, and Pedro Pas. I haven't seen the movie, but I remember the trailer. Pedro Pascal is like his biggest fan and wants him to show up either to perform or something for like his birthday party. But I guess the guy's like a hitman or something and like the CIA wants him to work as like a double agent and spy on him. But the it's dude's called- like but the dude's like all fanboy fanboying all over Nicolas Cage, you know, and it looks just it looks kinda like a funny, goofy movie. Because Nicolas Cage is like being, like, stereotypically being himself, like overacting in certain spots or something, and it just it, it looks funny. That was it's, one other one I wanted to see. It's called the unbearable weight of massive talent. That that's what it's called. <laughs> well, and to be fair, like Nicolas Cage, uh, for a long time there's been a joke that Nicolas Cage will accept any role just for money, but um, maybe he's finally leaning into that kind of stuff. I mean, he's it jumping into Dead by Daylight. Well, well, the, the the whole story started out was he's broke, or not broke, but he like I mean, he might be broke, but he he needs money, and his agent's like, "You need to take this. This is a great payday." And he's like, "No, I don't want to do it." And then he's like, "All right, I'll do it." So, all right. So I'm sorry, Alex. We, we messed up your shout out. No, that Nicholas Cage talk. It's captivating this episode. Uh, the community, you guys are awesome. Thank you all, everyone who supports us. The, the real reason the show keeps going and thriving. So, uh, without you all, we are nothing. Uh, shout out to Tricky, uh, Happy Father's Day, Tricky, and to all the fathers out there in thank the Hordem. Uh, thank you, sir. Yield, sir. Thank you uh, for joining us and enlightening us on Star Wars and just kind of all the insight you brought on this episode, um, and for being a fan of Con Air. We love those people. Uh, give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend Ashley um, we had a good weekend uh, went down to Pride in downtown Louisville we went to uh, PopCon today and I spent way too much money on stuff Then, uh, which I always do we go to those kind of conventions but uh, yeah it was a good weekend uh, love you honey and uh, those are going to be my shout outs just for reference, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has the unbearable weight of massive talent the tomato meter and the audience score is both 87% Uh, Salen Bro wants to give his own shout out. He goes, shout out to the actual Nicolas Cage. I mean, he was mentioned quite a bit. Shout out to Nicolas Cage. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. 
<laughs> Shout out to all the people that listen. Thank you for everybody getting in the chat. Uh, Stalin, glad you popped in here today. Matt G, as always. V, I see you in here too. We know you started your stream, so I don't know if you're still listening to us. Uh, shout out to Macho. I see you in the chat too, sir. Very quiet. I see you in here. You're, you're quiet, but I see you in here. Uh, and shout out to everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, go check out the new Patreon episodes with the Mandalorian. Uh, I think uh, I think I think I found the the perfect topic to get yield uh, going with. Because we'll see how I'm, it goes. I've committed to season one. Nothing more. You've committed all three seasons. Don't I lie. I committed to season one. I said it uh, was a really good idea. I could possibly do it, but I'll commit to season one. You know what? Get let's get more subs on there so yield feels it. Uh, Pressure because, to because, go on to season two gotta, or three. You got to think about it. We've got season one. We got season two. You got the book of Boba Fett before you go to season three, and then after that, if you want to stay in a Star Wars universe, we got Obi Wan. You've got season one of Andor. Uh, it sounds like you're committed to a whole lot of episodes here. That's <laughs> why I said I'll commit to season one. Skeleton well, Crew isn't out yet. Ahsoka comes out at the end of August. <laughs> We'll we'll get them there, uh, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if there's nothing else, until next week. Happy trophy hunting. Later. See ya. He's doing all three seasons. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.